Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gamers of all ages, welcome for one last show, your podcast champions and eternal title holders, Brett and Sean. Gentlemen, thank you for years of entertainment. Thank you for the community. Thank you for, without knowing it, convincing me to go to Gamehole. Most important, thank you for all the friends, yourselves, and all the amazing people you've connected me with. BS or forever, Laramie Wall. Welcome to Gaming and BS Tabletop RPG Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Welcome back. Glad everybody's here for the uh, last and final of this permutation of Gaming and BS, episode 384. This is our big AMA. So, <clears throat> let's see, Sean. So, are we going to do the regular format today? What, what, do you, what, do you, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? do fast and loose. We'll do the regular format. So, we do have some random encounters to get through. The die roll is, you can imagine, going to be pretty brief. Um, and then we have 126 different questions to get through. With those 126 questions, those will be the main topic, if you will. And uh, so, because we don't want to be here... If we took like five minutes for each, each question, we'd be here. You do the math. So we would love to elaborate. I, 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 I can't do math. Sean's just, <laughs> let's just say it's a long goddamn time. So it's longer. We're going to do, yeah. do our best to answer. Everything is quickly, succinctly, and non rambly as possible. But hey, if you've been with us for this long, you know that probably ain't going to happen. So thanks for everybody showing up this evening. I know we have a lot of people that haven't shown up to a live recording and, and have listened to us or maybe stopped listening to us over the years and that's okay. But thanks, uh, Kev Dulu. I see you out there as well as, uh, who else? Stefan, Stefan Dragon Spawn, the, the, the only guy I would probably ever date. I just want to say that. Yeah, totally. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, Mirko, good to see a digital hobbit, hobbit, Jeff Seifert, Kevin like Keneally. Like Ryan's out there. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, man. So we could we could just name names all day long, all Phil. night long. So shall we? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's get into random encounter. Random no in- announcements. Hey, announcements. This is our last show. That's it. That's, That's it. The announcement. So um now I, I will I will I will wrap up announcements with the following that if you just tuned in with you, oh shit. I like these guys. You know what you can do? You can start at number one and work your way forward. I'm just saying, that's how you do it. That's seven years. Boom. I haven't, right. haven't used that one in a while. I haven't. I'm pulling her out. Pulling her back out. All right. Let's get into Random Encounter. Segment of the show where you'll field emails, voicemails, comments from social media. The one thing that I did not probably check to see if it's all squared away. We've got a few. They're a little longer, but I think we'll be okay. You start with the voicemail? The first one, we've got a voicemail. Let's see if I can find it. Here we go. Hey, guys. Long-time listener, first-time caller. This is Jason Hobbs, and I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate all of the mentorship and all of your hard work over these past 383 episodes. It is an amazing feat, and you guys are fantastic members of the RPG community, and I count myself lucky having known you from very early on. I'd also like to thank Sean for all his mentorship on 
how to do podcasts and how to interact with the world of RPGs, fans, and industry people. If it wasn't for you guys, I certainly wouldn't be where I'm at today. Where that is, I'm not sure. Regardless, thanks again so much for all your hard work, effort, and tenacity. Be good, fellows, and whatever you want to do next, I'm sure it'll be great. It was from Mr. Mr. Hobbs, Jason Hobbs from Hobbs and Friends and uh, Random Screed fame. So thanks. Awesome. That was very kind of you, man. That was very kind of you. We've met, and we'll probably end up saying this a thousand times today, but we have met a shit ton of incredibly cool people through the show. And um, it's just, it's, that was very, that was heartfelt, Jason. And thank you very much, man. That was pretty nice. You did not have to say that to us. So I appreciate you taking the time, man. Thank you, brother. Thanks. Thanks, Hobbsy. Do you have an animal down? I, I have an animal shoving stuff <laughs> off of a table. <laughs> so you have and a cat. <laughs> it is my cat. So let, let let me just take a very brief second to make sure they don't slide my MacBook onto the floor. Well, tell you what, you do that. I'm going to read this one. This is from Mirko, the digital hobbit, wrote us an email. Uh, hey, Sean and Brett, last week's announcement about shutting down the show was definitely a bit of a shocker. But to be And to be honest... I felt a bit down for the next couple of days, but I'm not saying that to cause a guilt trip. Quite the opposite. I'm trying to convey how much of a positive impact the Gaming and BS podcast has had on me over the years. As you may recall, I took a 16-year 16 16-year 16 break from RPGs after moving from Germany to the U.S. in the late 90s. I got back in the hobby in late 2014 with a vengeance, as it turns out. Right around the time you two launched your podcast, D&D 5e had recently come out. I found a wonderful gaming group on Craigslist, of all places. <laughs> Some of my best friends now. I discovered your podcast right away. It's steadily accompanied me since then. I feel like Gaming BS hugely contributed to me fully embracing the hobby, exploring different styles of play, learning how to be a better GM and player, and engaging with the hobby outside my gaming sessions. was not the only RPG podcast I listened to. It's been by far my favorite. Always popped up on the top of my podcatcher's queue as soon as a new episode was released. I feel you've hit on the perfect formula with a Compelling main, to- compelling main topic, but also interesting chatter, engaging feedback from listeners, and the always fun die roll segment. The chemistry between the two of you is a big part of the formula as well. And while the overall structure of the podcast has remained the same, it's been great to see you grow, both on the RPG side, branching out many different systems, styles of play, or even creating your own content, Avalon, in case of Brett, and how-to RPG videos, in case of Sean, as well as on the podcast side, embracing streaming, uh, first on Twitch and later on YouTube, significant improvements in audio quality, production value, etc., I've also really enjoyed playing in each of your games, Avalon, Star Wars, and forget about it. But in my opinion, your crowning achievement is the amazing BS community you've built and fostered over the years. The Discord chats have become an engaging part of my day, although work gets in the way sometimes. Um, I, I hear you, Merkel. <laughs> anyway, it continues. I've had many great conversations with other BSers as well as playing games with many of them and even making new friends. It's such a positive space, even if we don't always agree on, on things. Cough, ascending versus descending AC. Cough. <laughs> discussions are always civil respectful and constructive everyone truly tries to be a positive force in the tabletop rpg hobby communities like this don't emerge by themselves you deserve a lot of credit for embodying and fostering our shared values appointing a set of great moderators and nurturing the growing community being part of this community was especially critical for me during the pandemic when i was lucky to have a stable job which has shifted 100 remote during this period and a supportive family it still would have been easy to feel isolated and down during this period the BSR community provided some much-needed brightness, BS in a good way, and social engagement. BSRCon was a blast as well. 
I very much look forward to continuing to virtually hang out with the BS or community, and hopefully the two of you are as well. And maybe even in, in meet in person sometime, a game of Holcon or such. Again, apologies for the long, perhaps uncharacteristically emotional wall of text. I just wanted to share with you how much the Gaming BS podcast has meant to me. If I have one regret, it's that I hadn't written in more often. As much as I'll miss listening to the podcast, I completely understand your rationale for ending the podcast. No hard feelings. Thanks a ton for all the time and effort you've invested in Gaming and BS, and congratulations on what you've achieved. All the best, Mirko. That's awesome, man. I, um, we've talked about this before, and I'm sure it'll come up again, but the fact that <clears throat> the biggest compliment I think Sean and I could ever get is that we helped somebody do something cool, right? And that you found other people to game with, you got involved in the hobby, you had fun with it, you found a place where you can hang out and talk to people in a positive environment, and um, I really, I've said this before, I, having a good community was important to me, but I don't know how to build one. I, I don't know how to do that type of thing. And that is something that, Sean, you excel at, man. I think you're really, really good at that. And that is your brainchild and how you built that, the Gaming Biaster community, man. So um, you did an awesome job, dude. So I, I really, I, I want to make sure that Mirko's praise goes over to you on that one, because that's, that's all you, brother. Dude, it's, it's easy when you got good people and you, you just, you know, you kind of <laughs> think it starts from the top, I guess, yeah. to some degree. And uh, well, culture. I mean, if you've worked in corporate anything, yes. culture stop. Culture stop down. Yeah. And we're like, look, if you like what we do and how we behave and what we and how we, and how we talk about things and how we try to get along, that's that's what we're going to tolerate. We're not going to tolerate the other BS. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. It's our BS or no BS. Right. <laughs> thanks, Mirko. Thanks. Thanks much, man. Yeah, there, there's tons of thanks to, for, you know, that's one of the things we're going to do this episode a ton. So we're lucky to have you and, and many others as part of the community. Like, we we are fortunate that we've got good people. That is just impeccable Absolutely. timing, man. I'm going to kill this guy. Want some food? All right. You want me to read the next one? I, I, I'll read no. the next one. You ready? Oh, you're going to feed the cat? All right, you feed the cat. All right. It's the <laughs> fucking guy, man. <sighs> next. Next over right. you, Sean. See, he's going to throw me off my game. All right. Next one is Matt W., um, one of our patrons, wrote, Hi, guys. I uh, wish I'd subscribed before. Really. I've been enjoying your shows for the last several months, following your approved method of starting at the first one and working forward. Hey. Nice. Um, I'm sad that you're ending the show, but it's great that you've chosen to go out at the peak. Your discussions have informed and entertained me, and I'm definitely going to have to listen to a lot of them again and again to get the best of them. As I'm situated in central England, I don't, I doubt I'll ever get to meet you in person, but I wish you both the best for the future. Thanks for everything, Matt. Never, I you never know, Matt. No, you don't, man. I mean, so I'll tell you one of the cool things that Matt brings up here from just not only the thank yous, which are awesome, and the fact that you've listened to all that, <laughs> all those hours, that's just amazing. But one of the other pieces that I don't want to forget is guys like Matt. Um, Blake Ryan is in Australia. He's in England. We've met people in Canada. I mean, it's not like Canada is that far away from us, but there are people outside of our little bitty zone in central and south central Wisconsin, where Sean and I have lived and been gaming all this time. And it's amazing to know that we've reached out and bumped into people in all these different locations because of this stuff. It's just, it's just fucking cool when you're talking about stuff and like, Hey, yeah, I'm listening to you too. And I really like what you said. And by the way, I'm in Brazil. I'm in 
England. I'm in Australia. Like, wow, that's really, really neat. <laughs> it's uh, Sean told me that type of thing was possible. I never believed anybody would ever would, that would ever happen, but it, it did happen. So it's pretty cool. We want to be the first RPG podcast on the moon. So I'm fine with that. Be on the lookout for that down the road. Maybe that's that'll get us to reunite. <laughs> Next project, Moon Podcast. That's right. All right. You know what? That was a short one. I'm going to make you read this one. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Corey Welch emails us. Hey, hello, Sean and Brett. It's been a hell of a year of my wife and I this year, and I'm kind of just coming up for air. Missed two months of re of email helping out with my mom down in North Carolina. I just read the news on the last episode. I'm saddened, but absolutely understand. Thank you. You guys are awesome, and that is why I wanted to support your Patreon with COVID and work and my work, uh, cheaping on funding additional skilled heads and making my life hell over the past few years. Three, good God. I have to admit, I've had little time to listen to any podcast for the most part. However, I wanted to fund you guys because you made a difference and sowed, sowed awesome through your community. Uh, Edwin Nagy introduced you to me a few years ago, and I am incredibly thankful he did. I started playing Dungeon Crawl Classics because of your episodes with Jen Brinkman. I thank you for my new go-to over the past few years. Your chemistry and discussion always provides great ideas and different views for GMs, proving your incredible value to the community. Thank you for all your work to bring this to us. Thank you for all your support for The Crawl for the Cure over the years. It's been invaluable, invaluable, and I appreciate the constructive criticism to make things better. This past year has been crazy for us, and I apologize if things were a bit disjointed this year in my catch-up to the event. Sean and Brett, if you'd like, I owe you a session with Brendan LaSalle. If you'd like to be in for his session for the second weekend of December, we'll be sure to make it happen this year. Anyway, I just wanted to let you know I really appreciate you your value and support for the community and all things good over the years. You will be severely missed and I wish you all the best in the future. It's great to hear BSRCon will continue. I was foiled this year, but I will do my damnedest to make it next year. Thank you and all the best. I hope to see you at the reemergence of cons. Take care, Corey. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Corey. Guys like Corey doing like Crawl for the Cure is awesome. You know, there's a lot of really good things happening in the gaming community. And that was stuff I learned about through this podcast. Guys like Corey saying, hey, I'm going to do this thing. And uh, supporting that stuff and getting that word out there was just, I mean, you, you have to do it, man. When you hear <clears throat> kick-ass shit like that going down, you just got to spread the word. And Corey, I don't know if you ever told us this or if I just forgot it, but that is awesome that we're the guys because of our conversation with Jen Brinkman introduced you to DCC, man. That's, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. I was surprised to hear that. Cause I thought Corey was kind of a longer term DCC guy, honestly, but yeah. Cause I'm like, you know. I think, I think Corey, I think DCC, <laughs> they go hand in hand. Right. Yeah. And to have Corey say that that's wow, dude, I, uh, that's impressive. I'm, I'm, I think I'm flattered. That's neat. I'm glad you, I'm glad that happened. That's awesome. Very cool, man. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Who's up next? John Coward writes in, or K-Word, sorry. Brett and Sean, it's been a fun ride. I have enjoyed the hell out of this podcast. Both of your easy camaraderie, uh, both of your easy camaraderie, good God, I, I, that was easy, I can't read, made the show. I will miss it. Um, I looked <laughs> I looked for its like out there for years and I've never found it. Let me stop there. Do you know how many crappy and subpar podcasts you inadvertently encouraged me to seek out and listen to? Of course not. But it was many hours I'll never have back. Thanks a lot. 
<laughs> That's funny. Uh, what you had is rare, and I'm glad I found this one. I did. Writing is not my bag, but I must have written about 10 letters that I never sent. And I'm not sure, but I might have already sent this question to you, but it seems apropos now. How do you wrap up an adventure game campaign podcast in a successful way? I just wrapped up my Blades in the Dark game. And it wasn't a bad ending, but it wasn't a good, e but it wasn't that good either. Do you have any suggestions, tricks, techniques you can suggest for future endings? Thanks once again, John. So, John, I think one of the important pieces is, to remember is that endings are hard. And any ask an author, like, how'd you end that novel? It's tough. It's very, very hard. And there's um, <clears throat> there's a lot of endings to novels that I've read over the years that are just difficult. There's endings to movies. I'm like, oh, the movie is great right up until the end. That happens. Um, it's okay. Um, one of the best things uh, from my mind is if you look at the ending, you're like, what didn't you like? Kind of the introspective piece. What was a part of it you didn't like? What do you wish you could have done different or better? And remember that stuff. And when I say remember it, either write it down, put it in a notepad, Word document, something where you can reference it again. Um, if for me, one of the pieces I have learned is that if I try to plan my ending and I've effectively not planned anything before that, I'm going to have a hard time. So, whatever the formula has been that has carried the campaign to the point where it's nearing an end or whatever, one of the pieces I have learned is I don't try to interject a totally different approach to my ending. Like, you know, hmm, this is it. This is the end. It just happened. And boom, we went there because everything was pretty much off the cuff and so forth. It was a much more planned, structured campaign <clears throat> than I would feel better structuring it. But anytime I've tried to apply a structure or a different approach to the ending that I wasn't using throughout the campaign, I always felt like it didn't land right. So just a little piece of parting, uh, parting advice there. Sean, anything you want to throw in there? No, I think you nailed it, dude. All right, man. What else we got? Over to you. TJ Sharp writes in, I'll start by saying thanks. I found you guys a few years ago when things were really low for me. Gaming and BS gave me something to look forward to and helped me keep me going when few other things could. Although I waited a while to begin supporting the show on Patreon, I'm glad I got the chance to feel like I was contributing, and thank you. And I hope that I get the chance to meet each of you in coming years at a con and shake your hands. Die roll sound. Well, I guess I, I'll guess I'll do that then, right? Where's my die roll sound? If I hit it, because then it's going to be all over the place. I better not. I'm glad you're keeping the Discord around. I'm terrible about checking legacy email and forums. I enjoyed BSRCon and hope that you stick with it a couple more years. January is kind of a slow period for gaming where I live. I have an idea for a show that you could do, maybe streamed on Discord, if nothing else. Since BSRCon would be in January, January, you could do an annual wrap-up show discussing the con itself in the previous year in review. What did you buy or play? What did you what did you enjoy or didn't? And what you think will be interesting in the coming year? Uh, also, if you do a guest appearance on another show or have a game that will be broadcast, stick a link in the Discord. Cue Green Day. <laughs> Thanks, TJ. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Uh, there's a so I want to say this. I'm trying to try our best to say this over the years. We started the Patreon. We had other people. We have had BSers send us support in multiple ways. And every way that we have been supported has been amazing. Sometimes that support is you listen to us whenever you're able to. You listen to us, you left, you came back, you kept listening. That alone, the fact that someone out there was downloading our stuff and listening to us, 
as minimal as that may feel to you, because there's no physical dollar attached to it, I don't care. That knowing that was happening was really awesome. That's fuel. That's fuel for the creative fire. And um, everything in between that and somebody actually sending us money, because we've used the money to help do stuff for the podcast, right? Um, cover costs and so on and so forth. And just overall, just different things. And I don't, I don't want anyone to think that that was like, that was the end result, that that was the big thing. If you weren't doing that, you weren't considered something or other. And Sean and I have done our best to try to uh, make sure that people knew that, but it didn't to us at the end of the day, if somebody wanted to help us and they could, that was great. If nobody would have ever sent us a nickel, it would have been like, that's okay. We still would have done it for seven years. You know, we still would have done it. And, um, it was nice to get whatever level of support you were able to do. And again, even if that was quote unquote, all you did was just listen to us. That's fucking awesome. So, um, TJ, thank you for all the support, all the, all the, all the time that you did and anybody else out there, even if it was listening to us and, you know, Hey, what podcast you listening to? Ah, these guys. That's awesome, man. Word of mouth is how it works. So that's great. Indeed. It's your turn, right? Yeah, Edwin. Howdy, guys. I don't have a question, so I'll keep it short. It's been awesome. Cheers, there Edwin. There you go. <laughs> Since that's a short uh, one, I'll let you do the next one. Brett. I will. That's all oh, that was. Oh, flipped it right back on me. Yeah. Thanks, Edwin. Oh, I just I'm gonna call this out in case I forget this. Edwin was the guy who saved our ass at a game hole con. With a game master had to bail out, legit reasons, wasn't able to run uh, a game, forgot to cancel their game. And the game old con guys came and said, hey, dude, there's a gaming BS table going down right now. You don't have a game master. And Sean and I both went, fuck. Edwin's like, I got it. <laughs> he just rolled in. Just rolled in with his flip-flops. Boom. Ran a game. Table loved it. Had a good time. So, hey. <laughs> That that that's another type of crazy ass support that we've gotten from from all you folks over the years. So that's just awesome. All right. So what's next here? All right. Hey, Brett and Sean. Just want to thank you guys for all you did making and producing the show. I listened to a couple of episodes prior to, but have really dove into the podcast and your back catalog once we all found ourselves in COVID lockdown. Your show helped fill the hours and provided some much needed entertainment. It also satisfied another itch as I was really burned out on 5e D&D and you two offered something illuminating, some illuminating perspectives on what else was available in the uh, tabletop RPG space. Sean's gushing over mothership and his actual play got me interested in the game. So I picked it up and knew immediately I'd found something I was looking for. My out of the abyss campaign had fizzled, a new player to the group had dropped out. The game seemed to lack something, so we stopped instead of continue. I think the group wanted me to homebrew up something, but I really wasn't feeling it. I've been gaming with these guys for 20 years. We're all from the same town. We either went to elementary or high school together. We're a tight crew with lots of real-life adventures outside of gaming. So I pitched them Mothership, and they bid on it. We also talked about the possibility of adding another member to the game. Uh, one of the group, Pat, mentioned a mutual friend, Dan, so we also, <coughs> we'd also grown up with and had never played RPGs before. Dan has recently been diagnosed with lung cancer. He never smoked a day in his life. Oh, the poor guy. And had moved back home to live with his parents as he was dealing with chemo. Pat figured it would provide a much-needed distraction, something to look forward to. Jam Dan jumped at the chance to play. Mothership has since become one of the best campaigns I've been a part of. We started out with the Ypsilon 14 and a pound of flesh, and I homebrewed a couple of adventures where the party spiraled out of control, eventually leading to a horrific TPK. It was epic. 
The group wanted more mothership, so I crafted another homebrew adventure and had a particularly amazing start to it. I don't think <laughs> it had the same energy as the first campaign, but everyone had a blast being part of it. The game wrapped up at the end of 2020. I could tell it was getting harder for Dan to participate. His cough was getting progressively worse. It was more difficult for him to talk. We started Venison in 2021. Dan stuck with us. He made a character and played the first session, but after that, he had to bow out. It was getting too hard for him to stay up late and participate. Six months later, Dan passed away. At the wake, Dan's father told us how much Dan enjoyed being part of the game and seeing us, even if it was online, every week, maintaining that connection. Playing an RPG made that happen. We talked about why we play. It's because these games can be something truly special, especially when we're fortunate enough to be able to play with friends you've known most of your life. <laughs> and the germ of this game started with you two, and that, and for that, I'll always be grateful. All the best, guys, and thank you for everything you've done building a BS community. Phil. Damn, Phil. That's... I, I took my promise to see I wasn't gonna tear up, but that one I, I'm not I'm not kidding. That one I that got me. That's tough. That's tough, man. When you have people you you know and you care about and you're playing with, and um it is crazy what what a hobby, a really cool hobby can do. You know, a community hobby like this one, where you get together and you spend hours with each other, telling stories, telling jokes, <coughs> hanging out in character, out of character, and just getting to know people. That's awesome, Phil. I uh, that is that is awesome, man. I am as corny as this is. I am proud that you guys pulled Dan in. That is awesome. You could have looked at it, at that. You could have been a different type of person, and you could have said, "I don't know, Dan. There's a lot of stress involved. Oh, you're sick. I don't know. I don't know." But that's not what you all did. You and your group said, "No, we gotta we gotta do this for this guy. We're gonna take our buddy Dan, and we're gonna play. We're gonna make this work for him." And that is fucking awesome, man. The Damn. fact that. Yeah, absolutely. Put in. Put in. Absolutely. That's fucking awesome, man. That is that is amazing. So Phil, if um no one's ever told you this before, I know you heard it from his from his dad, but uh proud of you, man. That's awesome. Yeah, that's you, good you, stuff, Phil. Very good stuff. Whoo. Yeah, that was strategically placed. Thanks for handling it, Brett. <laughs> yeah, just wanted me to cry on the air there. Um, well, I'll get you. Somebody had to read it. <laughs> oh, Lord. I know. That was heavy. That is heavy. Good stuff, though. Let's get to the main topic, shall we? I think we shall. All right. I'd ask you what we're covering, Brett, but I already know. I don't because <laughs> I haven't read the questions before today. So I don't know. So you want, do we go back and forth? How do you want to run this brother? Uh, so w- yeah, we'll just, we out, we'll read them for the audio. It's some people can read them. Uh, they're going to be at the bottom of the screen on YouTube. Um, so yeah, some of these are going to be like quick, quick, quick. Cause there's a lot. That's okay. I mean, if we've got a couple yes or no's, we'll just yes or no our way through it. Right. We can That's do all, we can bit. alternate. Okay. All right. Sound good. All right, let's kick this thing off. Ready? So this is an Ask Me Anything for anybody that did not know. We had like 126-ish submissions. Let's get this thing underway. All right, ready? You're going to learn, I guess, some more things. Something. Carry on. First First. one by, yeah, first one by A-Bomb. Have you ever had a party party member go all Leroy Jenkins during a game? Yes. You have, Brett? AJ's birthday game this last the last time his buddies came over everyone everyone except for 
AJ and uh, out of the six kids, I shouldn't say everyone's out of the six kids, half of them went Leroy Jenkins on me. Really? really? Oh, totally. They just like ran off, blew shit up, did crazy ass things. Yeah. And I will, I will say this. I have had um, my longstanding game group do this. On oh, really? Um, my buddy Nick, uh, at one point uh, in the uh, Return to the Tomb of Horrors, he went, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> and he kind of, he was on like his fourth character and he was kind of, he was in a mood <laughs> that evening. Doesn't happen often, but I have had it. I have had it. How about you, Sean? Uh, well, I think anybody that's played with me in Farty McButterpants, a.k.a. Nelson, uh, I have been the Leroy Jenkins. Castle Amber, baby. Let's go through the door. Hey, let's touch, you know, screw around the door, the floor on the tiles. I go across. You know what? I uh, there's a there's a fine line between being a rainmaker and being Leroy, and sometimes you got to do one to obtain the other. That sometimes happens. you just do. Thanks, a bomb. Next, uh, go ahead, Brett. How many states have you visited for gaming conventions or other adventures, John? Two. Um, one, two, three. Yep. Which ones? Gen um, Con. Oh shit, Gen Con. No, four. Then I've been to Minnesota. Um, if I think uh, Gen Con, Minnesota, Gen Con, Indy, um, New York, right, and um, Illinois. Oh, if I went so, down there or I ran some, I would game for VC. So four for you. Yeah. Ah, very nice. Well Forgot done, Gen Con. <laughs> So what Next are your t- so what are your top five RPGs ranked? Oh boy, multiple editions of the same game count as one encumbrance slot. And cliche fo- jokes about fatal aside, what is one game that just does not really suit your palate? George Sedgwick. Top five RPGs. I'm gonna say ranked. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap this off. Yeah, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, Call of Cthulhu, World of Darkness. Um. Amber and uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics. Ooh. Oh, man. I should have been thinking of this while you were thinking. Then I'd be mm-hmm. queued up. See, I've, I've been slipping. Uh, I would say top five RPGs right now, probably. Ah, oh, Jesus. Forbidden Lands, Delta Green, not in any particular order, maybe a tie. Um, uh, Star Wars. I tell you, man, there are so many. Yeah, there's so many. and I, But I don't play a ton. I'm saying you mentioned Delta Green. I'm like, oh, that's another one. Pull it in. Yeah, and then insert like titles from Free League Publishing. Um, a game that what, does not really suit my palette, I would say most PBTA games, I have not. I don't feel any need to run them. I've had fun with them when I've played. I had fun with them when I've played. Um, but it's just, man, this doesn't do much for me. Yeah. I would say, uh, what is the one game that does not really suit my palette? Amber. I can see that for you. Yep. Because I haven't played it. I don't know. I don't really, I don't know. Diceless Brett's thing. I don't know. I, I'd probably give it a shot, but it's not on the top of the list. I mean, the other thing that that's crazy is like, if you, if the question were, and we'll move on, but if it were like, Hey, your top five RPGs, like for uh, like top five campaigns or something because I've had some kick ass 5e campaigns. I really have. My Avalon game, every Avalon game I've run with 5e has been just fucking awesome. So, anyway, 
Thank you, George. Good question. We get next. Have you ever been to a convention you thought would be bad, but turned out good? Have you ever been to a convention you thought would be fun, but it turned out bad? John. Yes. Maybe. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Yes. I assume Gary Khan would be um, terrible. I had a good time with it. Fair. And uh, I've never, I've never been to a con and had it be ter- and had it be so bad that it was not like any no fun at all. Yeah, right? I'm the same. I'd have so to say I, I, I can't say I've ever gone to a con. And I'm like, oh, this will be fun, and it turned out to be like an abysmal fuck up. I've never had that, no. but I have gone to a con, Gary Con in particular. I'm like, oh, this is gonna suck. This is just gonna be a clusterfuck because I heard bad things about the organization and stuff. But every time I go to a con, I find something to have a good time with, even if I'm looking around, I go, I am not at work. <laughs> this fucking rocks. <laughs> and you're around gamers. What the hell? How bad exactly. could it get? This is my tribe. How how bad could this be? What's John, that, John? Why gnomes? Why? Why not gnomes? Exactly. I agree, John. Yeah, I totally agree. In uh in the streets of Babylon, there are no gnomes because they are superfluous. There you go. There we go. Let's see, John, again, have you run an integrated campaign using different game systems as such? Uh, such as a spaceship navy game for fleet actions that happened in the in the world and skirmish slash army games for land battles and small tactical games for uh, import hit and run missions. Um, I've not used anything that drastic, but I have um, I have done. Um, we talked about this on the bait and switch episode where I started with uh, a Delta Green game and turned it into uh, Wraith. I've done that type of thing. Um. And I have always wanted to do a a D&D game that turned into like a Warhammer fantasy battles or Warhammer RPG into a fantasy battle. Because I like Warhammer fantasy battles, but I haven't done it. John, or uh, John's, John's question. Sorry, Sean, and you, have you done that? That would be John. Yeah, uh, you're, you're, I'm you're Sean. Sean. You're Sean. Yes. Oh, fuck, seven years. I wish it's, well, you know, it's, you know, like it was yesterday, Brett. Mm-hmm. Um, or Brent. You know, what, however you, whatever you go by, uh, I have not, I have no desire to, I think it's more of a pain in the butt. The only thing I would probably consider is FFG Star Wars and then doing the Star Wars miniatures game. Maybe, but that's not really top of mind. Gotcha. Thanks, thanks John. Next. Uh, how, how full are your gaming shelves? Fairly. I, Fair, uh, I eliminated it. I eliminated a shit ton of stuff. So it's not as full as it used to be. I got rid of a ton of stuff I don't use. I got the chopping block. I need to get a box. Some stuff's going to get purged. Another purge. You'll be finding more first edition stuff. Remember where my address. All right. Next. Is there ever a good or fun way to use languages that players, characters don't understand in the game without making the game crash to a halt? John. Yes. Um, <clears throat> one of the ways I have done it in the past is that it is a, a clue that needs to be solved. That's one of the best ways I've done it in the past, where there is a language that the cultists are using, that um, it's on, it's an ancient something or other inscribed somewhere. And that's how I, one of the examples I would have that I've used, because it becomes a clue, something that the characters want to go find out how to read it and how to deal with it. Sean, anything else? No, but I think it's, I think it's going to be beneficial if you <laughs> or me. I answer, unless the other one feels like compelled. Okay. In, well, in this case... There. Good to go. Good to go. All right. Do either of you do much war gaming or have you tried narrative war games like five parsecs uh, from home or fallout wasted wasteland warfare? I have not. I do Warhammer fantasy. They have an ogre army. My son has a lizard man and actually AJ and 
Alpha just had a, a dwarves versus lizardmen fight this last Saturday. There you go. Thanks, Hypnocode. Thanks, man. Beyond how time naturally changes our tastes and preferences, how do you think working together has changed what you look for in the games you play and run? Angela Murray. Angela, so, always a smart question. That's a damn good question. Coming so, from her. Um, apart, if I take time out, um, Sean's perspective, I've learned a lot from Sean. Like, hey, he likes this. Why do you like this? The reason I got into Dungeon Crawl Classics at all was because of Sean saying, hey, man, you should look at this. I'm like, eh, I don't know. You talk to me about it. And I, I, I like to think that I helped to get Sean to play Call of Cthulhu. Because I talked it up a lot and so on. So I'm, I'm hoping I had some influence there. And quite frankly, I never would have picked up 5e had Sean not talked to me up, talked it up to me. So I, I would uh, say, I, I sorry, would say the ahead. same thing. Brett, Delta Green, I think he pointed it out in Noble Knight when I was with him and I just grabbed it. Um, for sure. I would say, yeah. But I think one of the best parts about the podcast and even having good gamer friends that are like not in your gaming group you know, is talking to them and people we've met through the show and hearing stuff and go, huh, well, I'll be a son of a gun. That sounds like a damn good idea. Yeah, I like that. And I'll tell you, man, the listener feedback we've gotten for the last seven years, y'all have clued me in on some kick-ass games and ideas. So that's really, it's changed a lot. And part of it is just because this conversation that Sean and I have had for seven years, it has to be a two-way street. And so I'm listening to what he has to say, I'm like, fuck, that's a good idea. I should try that. I should go look at that. Mothership's on my uh, two by list. Actually, I have a PDF of. I bought. I bought a PDF. I've got it. Just, I just haven't run it yet. But I God, grabbed it because of Sean. You and your like easy OSR jam. stuff. Yeah, man, you'd love. That's it. totally my jam. Absolutely. Brett, question for you. Oh, what vampire clan do you think you and Sean would be? Um, I have Blake to be Ryan. Gang- I, um, Blake Ryan. I have to be Gangrel. I've got the tattoo on my right shoulder. Sean, I think would probably be Terador. Sounds Absolutely. good. Go, Team so, Trader. <laughs> Corey, Man of War, I need a new name for a banner to run a game or more a game hole. Please come up with a silly to downright hilarious group name for me to utilize for game hole 2022. Well, Gaming BS is pretty damn silly. Um, I told people that Gaming and BS lives or Gaming and BS could be Gaming and BS zombies. I don't know. I like those. I like those. You could do uh, gaming. BS told me I had to run this. That would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. I like that one. Um, uh, I think that's it. I mean, honestly, man, if you put game, if the fact that you put gaming BS or gaming BS lives or anything along those lines, I think would be awesome. Just to keep it out there, people go. There's that. There's that podcast still around. What's going on with that? I would love that. I think that'd be awesome. I think that'd be hilarious. The personally. podcast formerly known no, as Gaming and BS. I like yeah, it. I like there you go, too. Corey. Good to, good to hear from you, Corey. Man of War. That guy. Mm. That guy's awesome. He's so many so, cool people. I know, right? What is the one of the biggest things that you look forward to in your next phase of gaming? Uh, probably playing with a lot more different people, I think. Maybe. Maybe. I've got a new game. I, got- I don't know about that. Like It is, but I am. So, I don't know. I have a lot more... I have newer games that I purchased, like Vason. Um, I've got a copy of Forbidden Lands. <clears throat> Not just free league stuff, but 
Simbaroom, again, to quote another free league game I have. I have these games, and the reason I have them is because of BSers. I have those games and a few others on my shelf or in my PDF file. And that's the stuff I'm really looking forward to is cracking the things that BSers and Sean have told me over the years, like, oh, this is cool, this is cool. And that's a that's a thing I really want to do. And I'm also um hip on some of the new Avalon stuff that I'm working on on the side. So that's cool to me. I think it's gonna be just playing different games, more different games. I I because of this community, I have access to play endless amounts of different games. Endless. Because I think there's um, community members that I could be playing games that I've never played before just until this sun goes down. Like, uh, like no question. Oh, fuck, man. You look, I look at this stuff like, oh, my God, you do this, you do this. This stack of Conan stuff next to me. The reason I gave any shit about Conan, t- Conan 2D20 is because of people in our community. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, next up. What's the oldest character you've ever played? And yes, the Time Lord would count as an old character. A-bomb. Oldest character. I was, uh, I think, uh, Crystal is in the chat, I believe. I don't remember what how old my character was, but they were easily 60 years old, human years, at least. And the reason, as I slide my cat treats across, um, is because my buddy Doc ran a campaign that was specific to you being retired heroes. That's how it started. So everybody was like 40, 50, 60, had catered to kings and dukes. And so I would say that's the oldest character, but... Keep in mind, I didn't play them from 20 to 60. But that's not what the question was, A-bomb. So the oldest character I've ever played, um, if I think about NPC, the oldest NPC ever played was the um, was the first vampire that Kane ever made. So that was old. That was ancient, if you know anything about the world of dark, original World of Darkness. And the other than that is I personally played a thousand-year-old vampire one time. That'd be the oldest. Oh, there you go. Oh man, we gotta get we gotta pick this up. Yeah, man. let's go, let's go. Is there something that the podcast has changed about the way that you game now versus seven years ago? Yes. For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. I think the the I'll I'll throw this out because I think what what Angela's asking for here is like, what would that be? I am far more open to um how do I say this? I think. I've put so much more emphasis on session zero now, like laying out more than like what the campaign high level is about and so forth. I have explained more stuff. I have paid much more attention to my players, um, especially running more games at conventions. And that's another piece is that I did not run any games at conventions really until I started this podcast. And um, doing that is real and playing games at conventions opened my eyes to a totally different group of people. Same here. Playing more at at cons and running at cons. I would have never done it. I don't know if I did it before this podcast. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if I did. It might have been after the podcast started that I started running at cons. Next one is from Corey Man of War again. You've talked about a lot of stuff over the years. What are the games you wish you got to play or run based on rule sets you bought or read but never got to do? I already say Pendragon. I talked about this ages back. I, I have it. I'm like, ooh, I want to run a Pendragon game. It's never gotten off the ground, but that's that's the first one that comes to mind. Harrigan's bought it. He, cra- he cracked. He bought it. 
That's a good one. I I, I know of it. I would be interested in it because it's quite a bit different. And so um, I'm on thing. board. It's like yeah. totally different. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a good one. I would probably get on that train. Hey, oh, train. Oh, there it is. There's there the train. train. Got to have a train. Got to have a train. One thing I wondered for a while, Corey Manowar says, and have been asking many others about to get feedback from, is their favorite mechanics. Game system or game doesn't matter. Just your favorite mechanics. So what are they? Bonus question, and why? Well, the reasons I like the uh, D20 as, is because it's in 5% increments. And that is in just the right amount. Matt Colville talked about this too, but he kind of helped me codify the reason I liked it is because it is the, for my brain, the right amount of like, yeah, that's plus one, plus two, 20s and so forth. That 5% touch and go is more in line with my um, my mental dramatics than it is uh, like a percentile realism. Like having a 71% to hit something versus a plus two on a D20, I'd rather have the D20. I don't know. I, I really, I really like it. I would have to say probably something around failing. So I don't know if it's necessarily fail forward, but I think it's embracing the failure and having fun with it versus, oh, failing sucks. Eh, and that's my scientific uh, explanation. There you go. <laughs> there you go, Corey. Next. Next. I have been asking many others uh, about to get feedback from their... Oh, I read the same damn one. Moving on. Uh, what are your favorite board games? Hypnocode. Um, Talisman. Um, Duke and the Duke are two perennial favorites for me. I don't play board games a lot. I would say Battlestar Galactica ranks pretty high. Oh, that's a damn good game. There you go. The other one I have is a card game. It's called Dark Cults. It's out of print. Small little press thing. Uh, my buddy Lenny and I each have a copy. It's fucking awesome. Love that game. All right. Uh, next. What are the top three best character deaths you've experienced, both as a PC and as the death-dealing GM? James Carruthers. And I will tell you, James, it was the TPK in Forbidden Lands. That was the three best character deaths that I've experienced. <laughs> You're welcome. Very nice. Yeah. Three he didn't best. say they had to be mine. He just said top three character deaths. The, um, good God. So both as a PC and as a death dealing GM. Mm, I, one of the, the cool things for me is it's like when it, <laughs> I don't know. I, that, I honestly have had so damn many. I've had a Beecher, lot of because really, Brett's yeah. talked about it on each no, show new, and had new had Beecher, art done. Watching, watching Beecher yeah. get killed. I mean that I have I have custom art for that. That's that's amazing. That I it was very hard for me to top that one. But other ones are things that when there's so much drama and everything goes into it. I honest I I can't answer you, James. I don't know. I've got so damn many. I don't know what my top three would be. Honestly, don't. I think the best ones, though, are the ones that are um, the player feels very fulfilled. Either myself, or the or the uh, the the player. That, if I'm the GM, if the player gets it, like, yeah, that's it. I died. That's how I died. That's totally cool. Next one. Yep. What we got here? Have you ever run or participated in a long term game campaign where there were multiple adventuring groups playing the same setting in general time frame? West marches, I think it's called. John. I have the closest I can come is my Big Bull Falls 
um, which is my hometown of Wausau was originally named Big Bull Falls. We have my group has different games that have run in that setting, a fantasy version of our hometown. And we've run them around each other, but never at the same time. That's as close as I can get. I've never had anything like a West March game. Sean? Forbidden Lands recently running um, Harrigan, Phil, Kevin, and um, Wayne, and then running Jim, John, and Farty at the same time. But they didn't cross paths, unfortunately. But I kind of kept it, you know, in the same time frame. They could have come across the same ruins. But that's about it. So they probably didn't know. But there you go. Next. What's the biggest grappling rules you've ever read or used? Biggest or best? You said best. <laughs> biggest grappling rules. The best. The best and biggest, god damn it. And I'll have to say, the only ones I've ever read, I think, is really like fifth, third, three, three, five, any D&D? The Pathfinder grappling rules are the best ones I've used. Fair. The reason is, is because it's very, that system, much like the 3035 gig, is very, very codified. And one of the challenges I've had with grappling over the years is that, yeah, but couldn't I just, or how come, blah, blah, blah. Nope, this is how it works. It's so soup to nuts laid out. If you get it and you work, and you work it, it works really, really well if you're playing that game. So CMD uh, versus CMB. Let's go. Exactly. Next one. What is the ratio of game systems slash books to adventure modules that you've collected, John? Oh, shit, man. I don't know. I have more. I have way more game systems than adventures because I do not read published or pre-published adventures um, as often as Sean does. Sean, do you? I think you probably have more adventures slash modules than I have. That, yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, maybe. Sure. I don't know I, if it's two to one. I'm just saying I'm I'm th- like two or three to one. I tend to buy system books, you know, setting books more than I buy adventures. I just don't buy the adventures that often. It depends. Kevin Keneally says, you bet. You Damn bet, right brother. it does. What's next? Go. Is What's the next? What is the yeah. best system of psionics you've ever read or used? I don't believe in psionics. Get that I, shit out of here, John. I have yet to find the one I like. I've yet to find it. Every time I've read a psionics system, it has always felt tacked on and not core to the uh, to the setting or game system. It's always felt like this bizarre little fucking, you know, shoehorn this thing in play. Don't like it. Do you have any predictions for the next five to ten years of gaming and fiction books? Although, as Huskarl would say, the Force is basically psionics. So, if if that if we're going to say the Force from Star Wars to psionics, right there, I'm with you then. Fair. Over, Sean. What you got? What you? What the? Oh, for five to ten years? Did you answer that? I did not. That's what I just read the question, man. I didn't read it. Sorry. I think we're half in the bag already. Probably so. half in the bag. Read it, <laughs> read it again. Read it again. Hit me again. Do you have any predictions for the next five to ten years of gaming and fiction books? No. Honestly, don't. I don't either. It's going to be, it's going to, I think. Vir- virtual tabletop, virtual reality, meshing of getting stuff from publishers, putting it on your table and running it virtually at a virtual table. That's yeah, my I, prediction. I think the the ability to make the yeah, those features, those functions, those things to really kind of improve the immersion, if you will, of the game. I think that's just going to get better and better. That's my biggest prediction. What do you think of the current gaming trends and how people can use them to make friends and have fun? Um, 
online gaming. The uh, the online gaming community, stuff like our BS community. I think that's the best way. You, you really don't do have to be in the small town growing up with the only five people that play D&D anymore. It yeah. doesn't have to be like that anymore. It just isn't. It's like crazy. Yeah, you can hunt around and find a group of people you actually like gaming with and have are friends with and enjoy spending time with. You don't have to feel like you're stuck with the same group of whatever's. Play yeah. by post. You could play any with anyone anywhere. Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. Other than yourselves, do you think there's any writer creators in the RPG hobby who do great work but don't get enough attention for their products? Brett. There you go. Boom, well, done. Ah, it took it. Yeah, because <laughs> Brett right. can't say himself. That's dumb. No, that so there you go. Girl, Brett Blazinski. Oh, thank you, man. There you go. I don't know, honestly. I mean, I, I think about some of the Blake people. Blake Ryan. Blake Ryan. There you go. Plug for Blake Ryan. Yeah. Absolutely. I honestly think when I look back at all the different small, small creators like myself who uh, we've mentioned throughout the show and different bits of, hey, random uh, – dice roll and hey here's this random piece here's this person there that's that's the stuff it really is there's a lot DC of it out young freaking todd crapper you know the list goes on beer leaguer yep. phil mcclory uh yep. anybody in our community there i missed you i apologize but damn it all right if you could make a frankenstein's rpg what parts from different rpgs would you cut out to stitch together I'm going to let Brett hammer this one out because I know that's what he wants to do. So <laughs> go ahead, Brett. I'm going to take every variation of Dungeons and Dragons I have and I'm going to make my own. That's what I'm going to do. That's exactly what I'm going to do. There you go. How many optional feats are too many? One. <sighs> Midnight setting has one feat every four levels. That's plenty for me if I play something 5e. Specific, which I think is fifth edition. That's like every fourth level, anyway. Yeah, I, I'm not a big optional feats guy. It's like, man, neither am I. No. Next, is there a way a DM could trick their players into thinking they're playing their favorite version of D and D while they're all playing something else? One thinks they're playing one e, one thinks two, three, four, five, and they're all using the respective edition character sheets. John is. Dude, you went over the deep end on this one. Like when I got this one and I read it, I had to actually edit it because it was longer because he says, one thinks they're playing 1E, one thinks they're 2E, one thinks they're playing 3E, one thinks they're playing 4E. I think there is a way and it depends on the type of players you have. If you have players who are more into narrative and don't give two fucks about the rules, right, really, and they're just like, hey, what do I roll to make this happen? Roll a D10. Uh, do this. Do that. If you're, if you as the game master are like doling out the rules to people as it happens, possibly. Um, and it also have to really seriously give no shits about the rule system, and so or not pay attention to it at all, and be willing to go with wackiness, and never put the and never do the math to say how come, how come he rolls a D this and I roll a this? Why is he rolling percentiles and I'm not? It'd be tricky. <laughs> Brett would be the guy to do it, not me. I'd be like, what the I'd hell is that crazy? I would try it just to see if I could do it. Craziness. Is there a way to combine all editions of D&D into one game to get the biggest group of players involved? Would this work better in a West Marches game where each group has their own edition of D&D while affecting the same campaign world? As some would say, it's fifth edition. John. 
Yeah, I think there's there is a way to do that. If you were doing a West Marches style game, it, you could accomplish that type of thing because in individual group or West Marches style, not in how do I do this? So if you had one group that played first edition, one group that played fifth edition, and you were running them in the same Forgotten Realms, and they all kind of mishmashed around, yeah, you could probably pull that off. It'd be a lot of work. It'd be a lot of work. A lot of weirdness. All right, how many drinks are too many to play D anD D? Depends who you are. I hate Depends on it. what you're drinking. Mm. Are you drinking, drinking water or are you drinking, yeah. you know, highball <laughs> bread? Exactly. If you're, you're slamming whiskey all night long, problem. My biggest rule <laughs> has always been you're not allowed to play drunk or uh, altered badly, right? I know some people who had a guy show up to a game one time, completely hammered out of his fucking mind. I'm like, no, get out of here. Not happening. I, I yeah. don't I don't play. I don't come to the game to play with people who are besotten. It's not my thing. So that's my effect. That's my rule. What do we got here? Never split the party or sometimes split, split the party. Split always. Sometimes. Sometimes. Dep- it depends. depends. Do you like having Did Delta Green? <laughs> always split the party. <laughs> there you go. Old school AD&D. <clears throat> Brett's going to ax you off because you're by yourself. Don't split the party. What's next here? Do you like having one to two functional sets of dice or do you collect too many dice? I own too many dice. I basically play with three sets. I stopped buying dice because I'm like, why Why do I? Why you're not rolling enough at one time. That's the problem, Brad. Probably. You whip out that fireball, you're going to need more than three sets. That's the problem. That could be the problem. As long as I got a bag full that I can... You know, if there's a fireball that requires 66 and I got that many D6s, then I'm good. But here's Sean's rule with dice. You got to be able to freaking read them easily. None of this roll them on the table and be like, I can't read them because they're really like cool, fancy, blended color crap. I have a friend of mine, so I'm glad you brought that up. I got a buddy of mine I play with. He likes to play with the game science dice and not color them in. I'm like, dude, stop being an ass. (laughs) <laughs> no one knows what the fuck that die is. They're, it's, it's they're red... still worse than that. <laughs> oh, it's I know the swirly ones without oh, the yeah, freaking yeah. numbers colored in. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have, I have, yeah, yeah, I get that. Anyway, next. Thoughts on alignment systems. Should they be thought of as literal judgment on moralities or only thought as useful game mechanic for different interacting systems? Uh, alignment, out the window. There you go. That's, that's how I... F- that's how I would deal with it. Get rid of that shit. For me, it's depending on the um, depending on the setting. It depends on the setting. If in a, in a certain setting, if it makes sense and fits, great. Otherwise, not a big deal. So, Brett and, was bro was the first part of that statement. Say it again. It depends. That's what I'm talking about. There we go. About. There we That's go. That's what I'm talking about. <clears throat> What's the best way to curse or bless a set of dice? Oh, you, gotta, you, you gotta put a pentagram on the floor and put candles at every point. Come on. Like, I had a buddy of get... mine who used to take dice, um, melt them into a pile, <laughs> hammer them, and then leave the shards next to the other dice so the rest of them knew what, what was expected of them. <laughs> Have you used any player patron style rules in your games, campaigns where people other than the DM control 
an NPC faction slash leader, says John. Yes, I have. I don't know if I have. It was uh, to middling effect. I think it's something I'd need to pull back out and try again. It was okay. It didn't really, it did not really add a whole hell of a lot. I would do it, but I, I would probably be in a particular situation. Okay. Next up, should the barbarian class have been called berserker and perhaps some non-berserking trope and used for a barbarian instead? Uh, uh, berserker. <laughs> Clerks, baby. I think the, um, I don't know. I don't mind it as it is. It's okay. Same here. Yeah, I really don't. I don't have any. Um, the only uh, barbarian class I really don't like is the first edition barbarian. I'm like, that is just dumb. But anyway, that's about it. What do you think is one of the most underused abilities of thief characters? Is it disguises, setting traps? Have any fun stories about setting traps or making disguises? Disguises. There's like, I think there's four questions in there. There are, but I'm, I'm going to answer it with this one. Disguises. And um, I have no stories about it because nobody fucking uses it in my games. You know, the, the thief who's a spy, blah, blah, blah. I just, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make a person like this. And they never do that. I, they just don't get it. I, I don't put my I, mustache on. Exactly. Mustache, little, disguise. Yeah. Uh, go next, ahead, buddy. Next up, should alignment be used more as a mechanic of your actions line to being interested, interesting towards these cosmic slash godly entities instead of this is your personality type? So, I honestly think that people are not, when it comes to alignment, people need to read the actual alignment descriptions and what it actually means in the, in the game system. It has changed a lot from first edition through fifth edition. If you're talking D and D, which most people are when we talk alignment, if you read the different approaches, it's, it's both of those and then other things. And again, I think it comes down to the setting. Dragonlance's use of um, alignment is much different than Greyhawk's use of alignment, for instance. So it's it's different and has different impacts. What are some interesting mechanics you've made for tabletop games that have been inspired by video games? None. Zero. Have you played any games of the DISGAEA series? Uh no. I, don't I have even not. Know what that is. No idea what that is. Not can't say that I have, John. Yeah, I can't pronounce it. Can't do it. Um, have you ever used any interesting or unusual rituals or mechanics or ways for players to increase their stats in game? No. Um, interesting is a different phrase. I have do do I basic what the only thing I would quantify is interesting from um uh, f from a way a player could increase stats in a game is through gameplay itself. In uh, somebody's doing X, Y, or Z while we're playing, and I'm like, that increases thus and such. And that was more popular during my World of Darkness vampire stuff than was any other game system. I just go by the rules. Yeah. If, if it's not in the rules, Sean won't do anything. This is how he works. Sorry, that's how I roll, baby. Since the 1E bard requires so much work and advancement before becoming a bard, wouldn't some similar advancement or requirements make sense as well for the paladin? Yes. One of the things I used to do with um, my Avalon game when I ran it in 3035 or Pathfinder is the paladin is a uh, prestige class. So I, I, I would agree. 
Favorite Warhammer faction? Um, I'm assuming you're talking 40k. I don't know 40k, but if you're talking Warhammer Fantasy Battles, it'd be Ogres, because that's my army. Sean doesn't know fuck all about Warhammer. Nope. What's the best gaming system, and why is it the Game Boy Advance? John, 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 John. John, I think I had to kick you out by this point. Yeah, we're done. We're done, John. Should the Assassin class (laughs) have stayed in modern D&D? What do people get wrong about the Assassin class from the past? Uh, Well, the Assassin is there, right? It's a different... They've added it in pieces and parts. What's interesting to me is, throughout a D&D perspective, is the desire to have specific classes just to get sexy powers, right? A samurai is kind of a fighter with just a certain type of armor and a sword and a coat of honor, which is sort of blah, blah, blah. So I think the... um, the biggest piece about an uh, assassin is that I, it's, you, you get paid to kill people, which is actually a lot of adventurers. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm going to go kill goblins. Why? Because I got paid by the king to go kill the goblins. Kind of an assassin, sort of. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's there. It's in modern D&D. It's just buried under um, a thief type. And people struggle with it because it has an inherently evil feel to it. It's hard to walk around and say, I'm a good assassin. That has very negative connotations. Stefan says it's pronounced Paladin. Oh, yeah, that's true. It is pronounced Paladin. But although, I mean, they also pronounce about a boot. So, (laughs) and a boot is something you put put on your feet, Stefan. So a guy I used to game with ages back, um, Simon, and he was, uh, he was Australian. Uh, Australian native, he was living and working in the U.S. with us, <laughs> and uh, he was the world's worst cheater. As in, he was terrible at cheating. He, he desperately tried to cheat, and he was fucking abysmal at it. And he would like constantly try to do stuff. And he liked to play paladins, but he called them paladins. So he'd try to cheat. And the rest of the group would look at him, and I'd say, "Well, remember, that's a paladin, not a paladin." Like, "Oh yes, special rules." Simon never caught on to that. Um, let's see here. What's the best version of multi-classing cross? Classing, double classing, running a character for more one class abilities that you've seen implemented. Fighter, magic user, thief, hands down, mic drop out. I honestly think if you're going to go hardcore multi-classing, don't do classes, just do a skill-based system. <laughs> Done. Moving on. How much would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood using different dice systems found in RPGs or perhaps mer- more acutely, how well do you think performing similar actions get... Tr- gets translated between the different dice systems found in different RPGs. 20 board feet. I will I will accept that as an answer. You're up, sir. Do you like to use encumbrance? What's the best encumbrance systems you've used? I like to use encumbrance um, when it um, to, to do when it comes down to you know looking at what makes sense. I, I use a very loose form of encumbrance. The best encumbrance system I've ever seen is one my friend is working on right now. Is that um, what he's trying to do is build a kind of a grid system for a backpack, like how much space takes up and so on. It's more complicated than that, but I like it. He just hasn't published that thing yet, but I think that's pretty cool. Sean, do you use encumbrance? Uh, slot. You know, slot-based or, yeah. you know, something very simple. Nothing, you know... You can have five item five items of a different makeup, like you know, nothing too crazy. Black hack or whatever. None of this 
how many gold pieces. I'm glad you mentioned Black Act. That's fucking awesome. That's a very good one. What are your thoughts about overpriced dice sets that are basically just custom colored D6 and D20s? Dude, I got an Onyx set I paid way too much for, but it's kick-ass because it's the blackness of my heart. I like it. Yeah. Do you think D20, D% or D6 systems work better for a game or do they each work better in different circumstances or situations? It depends on what the core mechanic is. Like if you're saying it's um, if D20 is the core mechanic, it's a D&D style game. Makes sense. It's got a lot of history and so forth. I think um, percentile for Call of Cthulhu is brilliant. I really like it. I think it works well. And um, I think D6 fits as well. So short version. It works better depending on the game. Or as I would like to say. It depends. There you go. Why do you think common topics in RPGs keep coming up over the years? Like alignment, encumbrance. Is the best answer for these questions already been created and needs to be rediscovered? Or do legitimate innovations or better understandings actually happen? I think they keep coming up because we have not cracked the nut. We haven't figured them out. And um, I think the part of it is is because, as Matt Colville would say, we're all not playing the same game. Every group plays things differently. Every table plays it differently. And it's very difficult to have conversations around which do I like armor class? How are hit points working? What's this? This combat is slow. This combat is fast. The system doesn't work. It does work. And um, it's difficult. It is very difficult to talk about RPGs and have a single like this is the answer. It's very difficult to do. Next, describe your most perfect moment when gaming is both a GM and as a player. Oh my god, dude, that's that's huge. Uh, pre-published material. Who would who would you say the best written and statted villain for an RPG game? Luau Lu. <sighs> Let's see here. One of my f- favorite my favorite villains for RPGs was in the original Who's Who Children of the Inquisition, which was a uh, World of Darkness thing for the original vampire. They had no stats. No stats. The reason was, from my perspective, it was wonderful because these were these were meant to be villains that you would encounter and deal with in that setting. And I did not need statistics for Vlad Dracula. I did not need statistics for Baba Yaga. I did not need st- statistics for Lombok and so on. I didn't need that. I needed to know who they were and how they played and how they operated. That was wonderful to me. Um, Perfect moment. Sean, do you have a perfect moment in gaming? Too many. Too many? Too many to list. I honestly, every, every time I sit at a table? Perfection. <laughs> I honestly think, I'll, I'll tell you this right now, uh, Lou, I believe that in most... And most camp every campaign has a moment of this wonderful, perfect moment. Almost every campaign does. And sometimes we don't see it when it happens. We're like, wow, that was an awesome game session. Oh man, that was just fucking amazing. Sometimes it's when the dice are hot or when somebody comes up with just the right thing to say. But every almost every campaign I've played in has had a perfect moment or two. So I don't have a most. I just don't. If you were a DD character, what is your highest stat and what is your dump stat? Oh, oh. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. I think that. I, I think I, yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not that strong. I'm not that. I plead the fifth. I'm not all that smart. Mike I'm not Holland. All that charismatic. Uh, mm, 
Wow. I don't know, man. Uh, so why don't I do you and you do me, Brett? I sure. would say I would say Brett's highest stat is probably I would say charisma. Oh wow! I well, think Brett's very, charismatic. Yeah, kind yeah, of deal. yeah. I would say that dump stat. Mm, maybe con because of the injury and surgery he had, but I think he's oh. over it. Oh, that's true, right? But there I would say something that yeah. I mean, I'm not off the mark there. I don't All think. Right. All right, Brett, go ahead. I was going to hit you with that. I was going to say definitely charisma. You're good with people. You're good at doing all that stuff. And I would say uh, dump stat is... um, um, I'm going to say dexterity. I'm going to say dexterity. Dexterity. Yeah. You've had had a couple of accidents, and I think uh, dexterity would have helped. Okay, fair. That's about it. That's fair. That's fair. Next, what do we got? How has your own perspective on RPGs changed over the course of, or perhaps even result of, doing this podcast, Mirko? Mirko. Mer- some guy named Mirko. Oh, who is that guy? Anyway, I, um, I am much more open to the curate. I said this in an episode or two ago, but I, the, the curated gaming system. I'm not a big fan of the PBTA as a r- rule set per se, but I understand why people really, really groove on it. Once I played a number of those games... And um, when Craig Shipman ran um, Blades of the Dark, I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. more, m- more input to Brett's. Yes, a, a curated, very specific thing is out. That's the stuff that got me to look into games like Basin and so forth. Sean, I mean, I'm not even the same person. That's true. He's not. Just not. You're like talking to a completely different guy. Uh, I would. I mean. Different games I've, uh, that appeal to me in their specific reasons. You know, um, you don't have to, ha- to be the big, huge hero every time, I think. Yeah, but that's me. Opening my eyes. Sean, why do you hate D&D 5 so much? Mirko. <laughs> Mirko, you make me hate it. That's the thing. Mirko is the source of my hate with 5E. There, I said it. It had to be said. I mean, we might as well call it out here at the end. <laughs> that freaking guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next? When will someone combine the Oculus with a virtual tab- tabletop for truly immersive gaming? Mr. Mr. Unreal. I don't know. Oh, it's I, just I, around I, the corner. I think it's, it's around, around the, the corner. corner. I don't know if it's something I want to do. And here's why. I get motion sick. I'm positive. If I put on one of my kids' Oculus, I would vomit. That's why I probably won't it's, do it. I get it is sick. weird. Get it is weird, sick. but I think I think what's going to happen is it will be created for something, and somebody will say, "Oh, this could be used for tabletop role playing." Just like, like it'll it, be just like the internet. S- hey, you know what? There's a bulletin board system. We could discuss high high science concepts, or we could argue about alignment. You know what I'm going to do? Boom! There we go. Uh, Mr. Underhill, I started playing D&D in the mid-80s. I had no idea that gaming conventions were a thing until the 2000s. Wow. The idea of tournaments for RPG games intrigues me. Did you guys ever play tournament games? Do you think this might ever come back? And just for nothing, yours was my favorite RPG podcast, and I'm struggling to find a suitable replacement. Thanks for the headache. And for that, Mr. Underhill, you are welcome. Exactly. I think I, I think the... The having it make a comeback is, I don't know if that'll ever happen. However, I think the closest thing you're going to find is in the Dungeon Crawl Classics world, where they had some, like, they've had um, 
Corey could tell you more about this. I know Jen could and probably others there. Um, the funnel stuff. They've had some funnel action where people are coming in, playing different characters, moving on. I actually ran a tournament. Yes. I actually ran a tournament um, with a buddy of mine, Elf, and I. We both GM different groups, went through, scored everybody, and then the final group went through the big adventure at the end. So, yeah, it, it it's fun, but... I should have worn my RPGA pin. That's right. I have a RP, like this big thing that's like, I don't know, it's two inches in diameter, RPGA. And I got it for joining the RPG, RPGA. I never took part in a tournament back then, but I bought tournament modules. So I don't think it'll come back, but it's fun. DCC does, like, Beatty's run some tournaments. Um, it's usually funnel tournaments, and then you get a stamp card. Yeah, I, and I think the the key of it, so the concept of a tournament usually indicates that there's like a prize or some like I'm a better role player or something. It, having it be, I mean, RPGs in general, being competitive feels wonky. It does. It just feels really weird. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to come. I don't think it's going to come back in any significant way. More like a fun one off, like when my buddy and Elf and I ran it. That's Video honestly. games are never going to make it to like, to, you're never going to be able to be a professional video gamer. There's not going to be teams what? with video games. <laughs> Ever? There's right, not going to be like some weird for, internet like website happened. you can go to and watch video people playing video games professionally. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Or watching Just, people stream Dungeons and Dragons. Who would do that? Um, moving on. What campaigns are you going to continue to run? And what are some new ones you're looking to start up? Mumfrey 999. Um, Mumfrey. Larry, my buddy Larry. I have a, um, I've just started a small Greyhawk campaign with my son, AJ, my buddy, Alpha, and Lenny, my buddies, Alpha and Lenny. So it was a three-person campaign. Just started that. I'm really looking forward to that because of some fun stuff I'm having with Greyhawk. Um, I have continued to run. I don't have Avalon stuff. I'm going to keep doing my Avalon stuff. Sean, anything on your side? Delta Green and then maybe something else. But Delta Green for sure. Hopefully. What comes from me like outside of D&D is like Vason, uh, Simba mm. Room. I want to do Alien. Stuff. Alien. Alien, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking. I think honestly, um, this is going to lead into like the stuff on my shelf that I haven't run yet. Yes. Yep. Me too. What's your favorite fantasy monster? Peter Skeens. And your least favorite. Uh, my favorite would be the Rock Sasha if I had to pick one. Oh, that's a good one. What's your least Least favorite is probably the flump for some dumb shit or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. One of my favorites is goblins. I love them because of all the different flavors and permutations of them. So I'm going to say my favorite would be goblins. My least favorite, um, demons, because they are often used as like the big bad guy. All Way too often, in my opinion. Chat, 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 chat. Fantasy monster favorite. Let's go. Favorite one in the chat. Let's go. Let's go. Favorite one. Let's post them in there. Let's go. Mind flayers. I do like mind flayers. I see that out there. So that's make a good sure one. it's your yeah. Make sure it's your favorite. Note favorite. Least favorite. Let's go. Chat. Least favorite. Least favorite. Come on. All right, Maddie Q. With if you could lose five, if you could lose three major rules in five e, what would you dump? Three major oh boy. rules. Alignment skills. DC. Oh, really? Oh, oh, oh. Boom. Wow. wow. What, what, what's left, Sean? 
OSR, baby. <laughs> three major, three major things there. Um, one of the things, not necessarily, I, I think it's a rule, I would assume so, is I don't like the built-in powers for some, I think the powers in the classes, I don't like it as much as the older editions. I like going out and finding loot and that type of thing more than I like getting big power creep through there. Um, alignment i could do away with alignment in 5e because it just doesn't it's very superfluous in 5e it feels very it's all perspective baby yeah um third one i don't know i could do away with skills i could get rid of skills yeah we'll do that one somebody mentioned feats yeah feats are like optional anyway but yeah i mean i could scrub feats out of there easily for sure easily feats could go out of there all right what's next have either of you ever, as a player, played the same written adventure more than once by different GMs? Did you keep it secret or let them know? Talon Victus. Yeah. I have played the same adventure more than once. Uh, we did it often when we were kids, and we also had like the same DM, which was typically at Prince Lau in the chat. Um, I would, I, w- I kept it secret. Like I tried to keep it back like I didn't know the answer and if it was something where I knew the answer I would let everybody else kind of chime in before if I did have to uh, you know uncover it I would do it piecemeal like I've never played in the same written adventure and one of the things I did as a game master is try not to run the same written adventure for the same people or find out who'd played it before because I did witness in high school a friend of mine were playing Temple of Elemental Evil, the original one. They came up upon a puzzle, and my buddy Todd goes, I push all the buttons in at the same time. Like, before Eric, our game master, even finished explaining what it is, Todd blurted it out. He looked at him, and Eric said, Todd, how'd you know that? Uh, I guessed. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Lovely. But no, I've never, I've never done that. I've never played the same one twice. Next up, why do you game as opposed to a different hobby? Tony Sugarloaf. Let's see. Dude, this is the craziness of this podcast. I sold this guy my motorcycle. That's how freaking crazy this is. This is. Tony. Love the Tony. Why do you game as opposed to a different hobby? I think this is, um, it is one of the best creative outlets for me to tell stories, hang out with my friends, have a good time, and be just raw, mentally creative. I, I think it is an amazing hobby in that space. Other things that I've tried to do, I am quite frankly not that good at it. Uh, woodworking, kind of, sort of, mess around with it. Um, I like martial arts and hunting. I do that stuff. But this is the <clears throat> one hobby I love. I really love it, and it, I'm I'm drawn to it. Tony, I love it the same reason you love it, buddy. And you know why. Yep. You do. It's it's the creative. It's the collaboration. It's the, the, it's not a story until it hits the table. Yeah. Sugarloaf, that guy, that, that guy. freaking guy. No, it's a good that question guy. though. All right. What do we got next? Ooh, some questions about the show, huh? Yeah. Let's some see. of them, most yep. of them are, I think. Yeah. You got this next one? Yeah. Go, uh, what will you miss most about doing the podcast, Angela? Hanging out with Brett, the, the, the community. I mean, the community hopefully is not going anywhere. But my fear is that, well, you know, the show is not around, so <clears throat> I'm going to s- go find something else to do. That would be my, f- my, that's what I would miss. 
Yeah, I think what I'll, what I will will definitely miss is that I had scheduled time with Sean. And as corny as that sounds, is that there was like, hey, Sean's one of my better friends. I like having Sean around. I like hanging out with Sean. Love that guy. I mean, we've been through some some heavy shit together, right? You know, Sean's motorcycle accident. I moved all sorts of stuff. You know, I was one of the first people that Sean contact. I contacted Sean like, hey, man, what about, you know, and then find motorcycles and all, all the shit we've been through together. I'm I'm still going to keep in touch with Sean. Obviously, this isn't the end of it. But having scheduled time with your friends is just awesome. And schedule time with a really cool dude to just get together and talk about stuff. And knowing full well that y'all are going to be involved in that is just fun. This was a, it, it was a really fun experiment that went way better than I ever expected. For sure. And Brett's a director and I'm unemployed. <clears throat> so if Brett just hires me, we can have a one-on-one every fucking week. We like, could. I don't know what is, I don't know what the problem is. So there you go. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Next no up. pressure. No hey, pressure. no pressure, buddy. No pressure, yeah. buddy. Thought we were friends. Where's my job? Yeah. Uh, oh, what you are your favorite episodes you recorded, Angela Murray? Oh, Jesus. I'm going to say episode one because Sean talked me into it, and I was absolutely fucking terrified that when I, I, I had no clue what I was doing, I thought I would do it wrong, and it would be embarrassing, and so forth. Low-hanging fruit, you sucker. I know, but the fact that we got it done, and um, the other ones that I really liked were the ones where we pulled in folks like Jen Brinkman, Ron, we talked about, you know, Savage Worlds and all that Ron stuff. Christian, Ron yeah. Christian, yep. <clears throat> those were great. Um, those were some of my most favorite ones. Yeah, number one's easy because we kicked it off. And mm-hmm. that's when Brett seemed awkward. Listen to the first five episodes of our show. Brett was like a little fish out of water. He did really well, <laughs> and it's surprising how we kept consistent. Audio quality sucked quite a bit back then, but I would say, um, yeah, that, that that one. Episode 100 is always a good one because that's a huge milestone. I'll tell you, man, episode, episode 50 to me was huge because we did mm. that one and uh, Misdirected Mark came on. That was great. Yeah. <clears throat> and that partnership really, that partnership friendship, you know, frankly, friendships getting on with those guys and <clears throat> meeting all these cool people and stuff. <clears throat> Excuse me. That was like when we hit 50 for me, I'm like, holy fuck, this is working. And um, I do not remember the the very first one that happened, but when we started to get actual listener feedback, yes, that episode that would, when the listener yeah. feedback hit, and then and it was <laughs> listener feedback that wasn't like you suck, I don't like the way you cough on the show, I don't like this noise, then blah blah blah. When it was legit topic feedback from the listeners, that was fucking amazing because I'm like, holy shit, someone listened. Yeah, not ran, like, random not like encounter. When, yeah, yeah. The random. Not when someone just listened to. Listen, then just bitch about something they didn't like. They didn't like the way I ummed or they didn't like a cough or or something like that. But they actually responded back to the topic about, hey, great idea. How about this other thing? And we started a back and forth with the listeners. That was magic for me. Yeah. Yeah, Once that hit, hit, I'm like, yeah, we're doing this. So that was cool. What's the best thing from doing this show all these years that you'll treasure? Angela Murray says. There's too many. There's I, th- too I honestly many. think it's, and uh, we said it a little bit before, but I'll say it again. Here's the community and the people I, and sure. the friends and the friends I've met and made through yep. this. Everybody who's listening to us right now um, that I've met in person, I met Angela a couple times in person. That's fucking awesome. The stuff I would not be this close to friends with Sean if it hadn't been for this. 
right? And everything else that boiled out of it. And the best thing is the friendships that I have. And I know that's kind of a cliche, silly little thing, but it's it's awesome. VC Young, I never would have met that guy. You know, the misdirected Mark stuff, Avalon never would have happened. And it's because of the show and the friends and just cool people being around. I think that's awesome. We have attracted some amazing people. That's really, really cool. Yeah, just freaking look at our chat on YouTube. If you're on there, freaking half, I don't know, 90% of the people I wouldn't have never known because of this show. Exactly. Yeah. Like, seriously. Yes. Uh, What's this next one? You read this one. Okay, here we go. What were your favorite, most memorable moments on the podcast? It could have all been sunshine and rainbows. So what was the most annoying thing about the podcast? What are your favorite, this this person, I don't know what their deal is. I don't know what their deal is. What are your favorite RPGs to run online and why? How awesome are your wives for supporting you for all these years? <laughs> Signed, <clears throat> Brett's biggest fan. That would be my wife, Susan. Well, so, I didn't want to divulge that. In case anybody but, didn't know, that's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are your most favorite, uh, most favorite memorable moments? I think. Let me let me. Th- I'm gonna put that one aside. I think one of my favorite RPGs to run online. I love running Avalon, my Streets of Avalon stuff online. I love it because every time I do it, I just get all fired up about the setting. Everybody I play with has a good time, and it's been just great. It's been really really fun. The most annoying thing about the podcast for me has been when Sean can't get something figured out technology wise because I can't help. When something's broken and it's not working right, and he's like, I can't hear you. I'm like, I, I have no fucking idea what to do. And I work in IT for a living, and I normally have some concept of how to help, even, you know, whatever. But that drives me fucking bananas when I can't, I cannot help Sean. I can see him struggling. and like, I, I, I don't know anything. I can't help the guy. That's been the most annoying thing. The second annoying thing is every once in a while, we'd have a show and I go, that sucked. And Sean's like, no, it's fine. I'm like, I did not like it. There was a, every once in a while, there was a show or two where I'm like, I thought that was a complete dud. And sometimes when we would get no listener feedback or no one gave a shit about that particular episode, I'm like, yep, fuck. We buggered that one up. That didn't work. I don't like failing. So that bothered me. Um, most favorite moments, memorable stuff on the podcast. Um, I think for me was one of my most favorite things that, that comes back to me was Sean was giving me shit because my Avalon thing and I'm not pressing, I'm not pushing myself because I'm not pushing the product. Right. So Sean basically takes it on himself and says, fuck you. I'm interviewing you. We're going to talk about Avalon, whether you like it or not. And that was just flat. Awesome. It was a, a really cool that you did that for me. I mean, cause you didn't have to do that. And then you did like ads for the streets of Avalon after every show. And you did a lot. That was stuff I never asked you to do. And I think some of the most amazing things that happened were the things that you did. And some of our listeners have done over the years for us without being asked people just doing nice things. I want to run a game for, for at this gaming convention. Do you mind if I say it's gaming BS presents? I'm like, holy fuck. Someone has to put our name on their game. Like that's important. That's a crazy that's really, really cool. I think that's really, really awesome. John, what do you got, man? You didn't mention anything about annoying. Yeah. You mentioned the tech. Is that the tech? <clears throat> yeah, piece? Tech, you mentioned- that was the most annoying part. 
right. Honestly. Um, most memorable, oh, man. I would say the... I would say the motorcycle accident was a memorable moment. Yeah, that was memorable. Yeah. Yeah. Every week we launched an episode. That was the first week we didn't launch Yeah, an episode. That was it. Every week up until that, I don't even remember what episode it was. It was, I could tell you the date. It was August 12th, 2017 is when it occurred. So that was the first one. That's very memorable. And everybody reached out. Brett put it out there. People were like, hey, is he okay? Everything's fine. Yep. Uh, annoying thing about the podcast? I don't know if there's an, an annoying thing necessarily. I, I don't really have one. Um, honestly. Unless, Brett, if I've conveyed to you something annoying, I don't know. I think it's the, the, I think the technology thing has been the most annoying for you. Like, I don't know why this isn't working. Fair. That's been the thing that's thrown us both off. We're like, I can't fucking fix this. I don't know what's going on. It's super annoying. Yeah, f- yeah. that's fair. <clears throat> what are your favorite RPGs to run online and why? Brett's biggest, fa- Brett's biggest fan. Um, any RPG, <laughs> any RPG. I'm enjoying myself with the company of other gamers. I would say is my favorite RPG. So the last question I- that we were asked was, "How awesome are your wives for supporting us all these years?" And I have to say that. That's actually incredibly cool. Um, we haven't gotten Tam, to the thanks part of the. No, episode. but I'm just I'm just gonna throw this out there right now. Tam and Susan have allowed Sean and I. And I say allowed like we're like you know stuck you know having to beg for <laughs> for whatever. But I got five <laughs> kids, man, and Sean's got stuff going on. We got plenty. We got plenty of shit to do. We're like, hey, I'm gonna go to this gaming convention and go hang out with people that nobody knows. I'm gonna go meet a bunch of people just because this silly little podcast thing I'm doing and. Susan and Tam were both very much like, yeah, go do that thing. That's just, my, that's, that's, that's been seven years and that's a long time to be involved. My wife, every time I'm going to record, she always says, have a great show. Same, always. Every freaking night. Hey, I'm going down. Have a great show. I get done with the show. I'm, I walk out here and she's going to ask me, what'd you talk about? I talk yeah, about this. She'll say, how'd you go? How'd it go? Yeah. How'd it go? Yeah. Why'd you like it? Not. She's, she actually cared, she, which is awesome. And my wife has no interest in gaming at all. Zero. Like, if I talk to her about my character, it's a, tell me about your character story. <laughs> yeah, right over the top. Over the top. Does yep. not give two shits. Exactly. But, you know, she she does, does the, you know, plays the role. Yep. Uh, thanks, Brett's biggest fan. Thanks, babe. Love you. As someone about two years into my YouTube channel, I'm curious, you stayed motivated during the seven to eight years you did the podcast. That's a great run, no matter how you look at it. Carl Davis. How you stayed motivated is the question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing was, for me, it was listener feedback. People kept engaging. If all y'all would have just stopped talking to us and been just Sean and I hanging out, I'm like, and we're done. I mean, legitimately done ages ago because like no one cares. No one's listening. But it was a conversation. We always wanted to have that conversation where it was Brett and Sean at the gaming con, at the bar, or wherever you want, or wherever you ran into us. We were talking about this topic. And Forrest and Gary rolls up and says, Hey man, I, I hear you guys talking. I think this too. That sounds great. Hey, Eileen's here. Yeah, what do you have to say about this? And next thing you know, it's us, Harrigan and Robert, and everybody. It's just this mob of us talking about this thing and just sharing ideas and so on. And that was the um 
that was the thing that that for me mot- was more motivating than anything else. Yeah. Next one. Over the yeah. past number of years and such, what are your favorite humorous phrases, quotes, and funny bits of the shows that stuck with you, Corey Man of War? I think uh, it depends. Has been fucking hilarious for me. The train, the Sean train. That's that's funny. Um, dead babies. Yeah. I never realized. Um, I never realized how uh, how often I used the dead babies thing. Uh, so that that was fun. Um, let's see here. Start at zero. Start at zero. Start or at, start, start at one. Start at one Mercury way forward. To use that forever. Um, uh, gaming police. That's good. Yeah, we got Chris in the chat there. Gaming police. That was a fun one. Yep. Got shirts on that one. <laughs> got shirts on that. Yeah. Yep. Nobody's gonna. Nobody's gonna come and arrest you for. Yep. Yep. Gaming police. As they lead, said, do it. We had the we do it. Do Kyle it. Booth, do it for a long time. Do yeah, it. There you go. Yeah. Just- <laughs> and zip zaps. We got it. And the zip zaps. We had the zip zaps. Zip zap, zigzag, zip zaps. Yeah. Hey, baby. Yeah. Roll your own. That was awesome. That yeah. was fun. Thanks, Roy o- Ray Otis for Roy Otis. Ray Otis for doing that. Yeah, yeah, he pushed that one all the way. That was awesome. All right, next. What do we got? Thanks, Sean and Brett, for all you've done for the RPG community with zero paywall. I think you guys helped your listeners in incremental ways, even just as a way to focus on something for an hour or so, which is not just the humdrum task of making a living. Question, are you guys saints? But more seriously, what do you think is the most memorable contribution you have made simply by gassing on the mic about elf games? If you feel free to blow your own respective trumpets, Goblin's Henchman. I'll tell you what, Mr. Henchman. Um, We read it in the uh, listener feedback when we talked about Dan. And we have had a couple stories. One of them is uh, a private story that that uh, person wrote and told Sean and I about. And it is the single most emotional thing I've ever heard uh, in gaming coming back to Sean and I saying, hey, you helped me through X. And you stopped Y. That was fucking amazing. Um, Sean shared shared that with me and I, I cried. Um, the, <clears throat> the That is the most memorable contribution stuff is when people have said something to Sean and I around the fact of not to put too fine upon it, you helped me through something. And that is a thing that I never ever thought that this silly little gaming podcast would do. I thought, hey, we'll help somebody be a better gamer or they'll learn something or they'll figure something out or whatever the case is about gaming, 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 gaming. And when somebody would write in and tell Sean and I sometimes, oftentimes very privately and say, hey, I don't want this published, but you helped me through something. That was incredibly emotional for me, and it was very, very touching. And that is the thing that I think is, for me, is the most memorable thing. Whether I, um, if I help somebody get into gaming, help their kids game, whatever that is, that's great. But when people have said some of the things that they have said, and again, they shared it in confidence, so I'm not going to divulge it. But um, knowing knowing that stuff, that that's just, that's crazy to me. And that's that's amazing. There was a gentleman, I think it was a gentleman, who wrote us and said, hey, I've been in some dark times. I freaking listened to you guys on the podcast and I've gotten out of them. Dude, what do you do with that? It's, it's, I, it's amazing. 
it's really it's cool i just what if that helped that was if we were just two knuckleheads talking and that made you feel better got you through something i i I don't think i can ask for anything better than that that's awesome all right many of us have listened to you for years you were part of our lives on a regular basis (laughs) we know far more about you than you do us how do you approach (laughs) handle the minor celebrity notoriety when dealing with fans who's girl Who's well? I tell you, one man. of our moderators in our Discord, <laughs> yeah. the guy that always asks, "Welcome to the Discord. What's your gaming story?" He's in the freaking chat, or he was. Yeah, he's there. He's around. Freaking this freaking guy. Um, I my biggest approach has been just at, to to make the whoever brings up to me, "Hey, I listen to you. Oh my god, this is so cool. I get to meet you." I. I try to be, I try to let them know as thankful as I really am to hear that because it makes me feel great. It, it's amazing. When someone says something like that to you, like, oh my God, this is so cool. I'm meeting Brett and Sean. I'm like, I'm just a dumbass out of Wisconsin. I can't believe you care about me. And they say stuff like that. I'm like, I am genuinely flattered that you have bothered to take any time out of your day to say that to me. So I want to listen to you. I want to hang out with you and I want to learn why you care. And I want, I hope to God when you walk away that you know that I'm as thankful that you bothered to take the time to say that to me as um, anything else. That's my big, that's if I'm dealing with any, if I'm dealing with it in any way, that's how I hope I'm dealing with it. Gabe Dibbing <clears throat> met or saw you at Gary Con one year and he just let you be. <laughs> Gabe Dibbing. Crazy Gabe. Dude. Yeah, crazy Gabe. And, and Jim. At Gary Con, like it's man, I just we're just regular dudes talking on the mic, and I think that's uh, the community's like, ah, they're just guys, like we could do that, and there's plenty that have, yes, like or- Orcus Dorcas yep. and a few other Gaz Baz, you know, I don't know if they were <clears throat> around before us or not, but you know, it's we're just two guys that got a bunch of a recording stuff and put it out there on the show, and we're just. I don't know. It's weird. It it can be weird, but it's humbling. It is. Very, for sure. Very much so. For sure. Next up, what's the one show topic you wanted to get to but never did? Sean, you got anything? Oh, freaking Brett and his freaking <laughs> toolbox bullshit. Blah, blah, blah. I could do everything you want to do. We get to it in episodes and touch on it, but... There is an episode I want to put the freaking screws to this guy and talk about system matters. I can do everything I want to do. Me, D and D. Sorry, you had a couple of drinks. You want me to prove? You want me to prove to everybody how wrong you are? All right, I can do that. Um, I honestly didn't. There's no. I don't. I, that's the only episode I know of. The only topic I never covered. <laughs> There you go. I don't know if Brett's got one. I honestly Screw don't, that. Jim. Jim Fitzpatrick's question. I, uh, Jim, I honestly don't, man. We covered so many different things. Um, I can't think of something where I'm like, man, I really desperately had to talk about this thing and I never got to it. I, I don't know. I don't have something. I swear to God. What's next here? Gentlemen, Gaming BS has had its ups and downs over the seven and a half years. What are one of your two favorite moments? Also, thank you for both for not only being the best damn RPG podcast out there, but for becoming great friends over the years. Uh, I truly have wined and dined with kings. Thank you both, and please stay well, Joe Swick. 
I'll tell you, man. This, this freaking guy. That guy. What are you going to do? Who is this freaking guy? Papa Swick, man. I'll tell you. Jesus Christ. So one or two favorite moments. I think my favorite moments would be from um, the first gaming booth we had at uh, GameholeCon. That is yeah. one of my all-time sure. favorite. And it had nothing, and I shouldn't say nothing to do. It wasn't the show itself, right? It was we're at the con. And I'm like, huh. I remember looking at Sean going, what if anybody will give a fuck? Next thing you know, I'm like, oh, my God, it's you guys. And then I meet Forrest Gary in person. I got a copy of his book. He signed that for me. And I get to meet all these cool people. And then we had, like, this small gathering in front of us. It was amazing. It became, like, one of the things that we did at GameOcon for a number of years. It was like, hey, this is, like, where the BSers hang out. And that was awesome. I think that was just, um, I think that was, that's, that piece right there. I'm like, wow. That's that shit Sean talked to me about about community and cool people and great gamers and hey we should build. I'm like wow it's it's fucking working man. This is really this is really it. This is awesome, dude. It is really kooky when you're like hey Sean Brett hey um I'm Steve and I'm at in Stevens Point. I'm kind of local. Great Steve, nice to meet you. Hey, I want to give you this this bottle of mead I make. I'm like cool, great, thanks Steve. <clears throat> and then Doc, my one of my game masters comes over and I, he's like, I said, Hey man, I try this meat. He's like, cool, man. Where'd you get that? And I said, that guy over there, see that guy at the gaming table. Yeah. He, he's from Steven's point. He gave me this. He's like, really? I roomed with, I went to college with that. Guy. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I'm not bullshitting. <clears throat> like that happened. I was like, yeah. And then they came over and I, Hey doc. Hey man, how you, I think it's Steve. I might be butchering his name. Might be a wrong person, but it was like, yeah, man, how you been? It's been a long time. Yeah, it's blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what? You guys know each other from college? That's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. I think, honestly, uh, all around, one of my favorite pieces, Joe, is meeting you, uh, this people, people in, peep, this people in person has been one of the Freaking Lum Runner moving to freaking Wisconsin from Michigan because <laughs> yeah. he knows the deal. Crazy bastard. Anyway, there we go. What's next year? I just heard about your show from this old dungeon, and now you're retiring? Where the heck have I been? Where should I start listening to the show? John, um, start at one, work your way forward. Next question. What what advice do you have for people who may want to start new podcasts? John. Okay, I'll chime in on this. You better have a passion for whatever you're talking about because if you don't, you're done in seven to ten episodes. Finished, completed. You will be dry. So if you cannot talk ad nauseum, about something, no matter what it is, you're done with podcasts. There you go. The other thing I'll tell you is that if you want to do it on your own, it's a hell of a lot harder than doing it with a friend. Solo right. shows are tough. Sean for talked, sure. talked to me about that. And after doing this with him for this time, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I couldn't have done this by myself. This is, and finding a partner you can work with, you agree with, and so forth, that's a big damn deal. Big damn deal. But you've got to have a passion for it. And the other piece I'll tell you is sound the best you can because it matters. If your sound quality sucks, it will impact people who who will listen to you, regardless of how good your um, content is. Are there any people or media that have greatly influenced you but have but you haven't talked about or people you wouldn't know about yet <clears throat> or people wouldn't know about yet? Excuse me. Or, or, or people wouldn't know about. I don't think any. No, I don't have anything that I haven't talked about. For me, it's all the all the podcasters talking about podcasting. So I have a few on a short list that I listen to 
pretty diligently for a long time before the show and during the show. It's kind of tapered off since, but some of the people that honed honed my abilities to put out a decent sounding podcast, uh, I won't name them by name, but those are some of the influencers that are outside of the RPG hobby. What kind of podcast do you like to listen to in your spare time? I listen to um, hunting podcasts, a number of them. <laughs> Beat Eater. Beat Eater podcast is one of my favorites. Yep. Uh, me, uh, typically podcasts about podcasting, though I have given them less time more recently. It's mostly about RPGs. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, RPG podcasts. I got a list. Do you think people should be more open to humor in podcasting and gaming? Yeah, it depends. It it does depend. I think one of the pieces we need to remember is that this is supposed to be fun. Yeah. We're supposed to be having a good time. And tune, tune every day. Tune every day. <laughs> and Harrigan, that's tune the the the, the game, yeah, not tunes player characters. <laughs> Anyway, I think um, humor is important, and I think there's a there's a component where, especially if you're playing with friends, people you hang out with, at a certain point, somebody's going to be like, oh my god, that reminds me of, take the break, tell the silly story, and move on. It's okay. It's all right to slip out of contact for a little bit. Uh, excuse me. Context for a little bit. All right. What do you hope your podcast has contributed to the wider RPG community, even in just a small way? Kimmy. Uh, Kimmy, Kimmy from yeah. Kimmy from Happy Jacks. She's like, hey. You know, you guys are retiring. Where are you going to send your listenership? You know, <laughs> I'm like, I'll tell you what, Kimmy, you sent, you put a couple questions in our AMA. I and might go Happy I'll mention, Jacks. <laughs> I'll mention Happy Jacks, uh, uh, you know, during the episode. So now we've mentioned it. Um, there you go. Uh, would you hope your podcast community contributed to? I think, if nothing else, being a positive force in the gaming community, we started off with that kind of as a quiet piece, and then Sean brought it more to the forefront. I think being positive with people and, um, I tried to, one of the things I really like doing, and I got I got um, some kudos for this at one point, is, as did Sean, not just me, but when our listeners would write in and say, that's a good point, calling out the good things, talk, listening to our listening to our listeners and responding and making it as close to the community feel as I could get, I think that was the most important piece. I think that was the best piece, is that we listen to each other, we talk about things, we don't always have to agree, but let's treat each other with respect. And be decent people. I think that was a. I think that's a big thing. I gotta say directly to Kimmy, I would say that Brett and I are middle-aged white guys in the Midwest, cisgender, <clears throat> blah. And I think be, even though that's the fact, doesn't mean we're narrow-minded. Correct. Yep. And so I think that is what we've contributed, and 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 people that have said you know what that's fine with me like if if those guys are in the rpg hobby they have these types of you know this outlook on who can contribute and be a part of it i'm on board great that that's where i would say is the the biggest contribution period makes sense i guess Right. There you go. Next up, when you consider your evolution from your first episode to your last, what are you the most proud of? What do you wish you could go back and tell your first episode self, Kimmy? Um, for me, is the fact that this became comfortable. 
And this became something I liked doing and I enjoyed it. And I'm not nervous when I first started it. What I could, if I could go back and tell my first self, it was like, dude, calm the fuck down. It's not that big a deal. Don't be Brett's so goddamn so tight. Don't, the first be so five goddamn, episodes. don't be so goddamn paranoid. <laughs> I mean, Christ, I, th- I think I burned like, you know, you know, 100 calories per show because I was just, I was just like, oh my God, what if I, yeah, yeah. Just relax, relax. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, I would say, um, you know, audio, dude, your audio is going to suck your first 10 episodes. Everybody tells you, and it does. And then you learn to fix it and then it's great. Um, so taking some pride in that, but you don't have to spend a thousand dollars to do it. <laughs> that would be, would be the freaking advice I'd give my younger self. There you go. Next up is how will how to RPG and Saturdays with Sean continue, Mike Holland? Yes, and they are. Perfect. There you go, Mike. Perfect. What's next, Sean? What advice would you have for future RPG podcasters? I would say you got you gotta have a passion, man, and you gotta have you gotta love to get on there and talk about things. In, in RPGs or whatever topic it is. And if it's specifically RPGs, you got to have a passion for it. And then have some decent audio. Don't be afraid to spend a couple bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do it on your phone. You can. I wouldn't, but you can. You know, Brett can hunt, you know, whatever he wants what? with, you know, a freaking stick and arrow. <laughs> I, I so, actually do that. Anyway, um, I mean, something a little more. Yeah, rock, rock. What my, yeah, I get yeah. where you're going. I get where you're going. Merco, dude. So, Merco, this the, is not, yeah, you, I man, could what, not be. What yeah. I would throw out there is the do not be, um, how do I say this? So, don't be a sanctimonious prick. And by that, I mean, don't take yourself too seriously. You have an opinion, you have an idea, present it as such, and be willing to listen from, to your listeners. When people are feeding back, you're saying, I don't know, man, I'm calling BS on you. Well, let's talk about this. Let's discuss this. Being open-minded is a huge deal. If you get on that podcast in your job or you feel you, what you're going to do is lecture everybody and tell everybody how it is in the right, the one true way, you're, well, all right, there, you're wrong. I don't know what else to tell you, man. Um, but don't do that. Be open to advice. Be open to input. And when you're presenting your advice or you're presenting an idea, it's an idea and it's your perspective presented as such and say, Hey, you know, give me feedback, right? Cause you're asking, you're, you're telling people stuff and be open to them coming back to you. You do that. You're gonna be in better shape. I think one of the things about a podcast is you'll typically find a, you'll find inspiration in the fact that you will listen to other RPG podcasts and say, I think I can do it better. I think I can, I, mm. uh, that's what I don't like. And that's some of the, like, we didn't pull some of the shit out of our fucking asses no. when we did this podcast. It was deliberate and for a reason. Random Encounter became a thing because I wanted the community to be a part of the show. Correct. And so some of those details were intentional and, and served a purpose. And that's what I would say, you know... That's me. So no, that makes sorry. Sense. I got a little rounded. That's there right. Next one. How has your overall <laughs> approach or philosophy to RPGs changed since you started the show? How's no Lebert? No This freaking guy, no. professor of professors, academia. Uh, approach, bleeding. I'll tell you through. what. Approach 
changed. One of the things I have done is I have uh, opened my, I, I talked about this in last episode. I've opened my perspective a lot, oh, a lot guy. more when I showed this up, freaking guy. I, I talked about this. And um, when I showed up at, um, at the convention, when Angela was there, Angela Murray was there and you know, understanding that the people I'm potentially running for don't look like me and they don't have my same backgrounds and so forth. And it's not like I, I want to believe that that wasn't like, that's not me. Right. But I look back and I'm like, well, you know, I, until I started running at cons and talking to different people and in this space, not understanding it is, is a big damn. How do I say this? So you, you, you can create in a bubble, you can kind of be in this space. Right. And then once I started this podcast and getting out there and meeting more people and understanding different listeners and their perspectives and stuff, I'm like, wow, there's a lot of people playing this game. They don't all have my same, whatever that's important to me. And I think that's changed a lot and I've approached things differently and better because of that I feel from a state, the same perspective, I still know I'm right. And Sean is, and Sean is wrong. So I still know that. So that feel that makes me feel good. Anything on your side, Sean? I would, I'm going to go backwards and say that, yes, Brett believes a lot of things and I, you know, they're kind of <laughs> whatever. Nice. Uh, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to teach that old dog new tricks. And then I would say the same thing that point uh, Brett made was, you know, we grew up in a specific kind of world and I think sometimes we can get a little tunnel vision and if we open up that, and are open up to that, then, you know, it can be different. And we don't have to, uh, like, chew anybody away from the hobby because they had a bad experience because we were unaware of certain things. Yep. There you go. All right, what's up next here? Do you have any plans to create further content under the gaming via banner? If so, what kind of stuff? Peter Skeens. I was talk. I mean, I was on Pornhub the other day, right? and I thought <laughs> that might be something of an avenue, no, Peter. Nobody needs that. Um, no. Sean and I have talked about different things we could or could. Actually, just before the show, before we got on the mics, we are talking about, like, hey, you know, if we come back, what would we look like? How would we do this? Um, I don't know. I think there's some, I think there's some, it's open. Like we said, we're we're done with this for now. If we come back, what would we do? I'm not absolutely positive. Um but yeah, I think it's possible. I don't. I don't. You never know, <laughs> right, Peter? I don't never know. That, we'll we'll right see whether the contract and the money's there. Exactly. Sean's a cheap bastard. Anyway, what's next, Sean? I'm gonna a uh, number of episodes behind, so forgive me if you answered this already. Will you both still love me after you break up, Roger Brass Brasslet? Yes, Roger. And just so you know, I will always love you more than Sean because I'm the guy that gave you that. Um, that beautiful Warhammer flag with the with the sun on it and everything. Remember, I'm the one that get, gave you a present. Sean, Sean just talks. I take action. Sean. Well, you know, if it's materialism, materialism you want, Roger. I mean, that's that's up to you. But you know, right here, Look, the heart. I'm not against buying Roger's love. I I know what it's worth. I'll buy it. That's what I'm saying. Fair. All right. Moving on. Next. Holy <laughs> shit. Sheikah 67. Wow. As a fellow podcaster, cool. but without, but with about 300 episodes less under our belts, my partner and I initially modeled, modeled our podcast, Biggest Geekus, shameless plug, along the lines of yours. 
When exactly did you see the writing on the wall? That is, if possible, can you recall the first or most significant moment that told you the end is was nigh or at the very least was on its way at some point? Also, I'm very sorry to gush, but I wanted to let you know that you and the RPG Circus were the first two podcasts I ever listened to about four years back. I really appreciate you guys helping to introduce me to this wonderful form of entertainment. Best of luck to you both and game on. I think one of the best things that we did, and this was, again, I'll I'll give props over to Sean, was he had said, we're going to get together every year, every so often. How you doing? You want to keep doing this? I'm like, well, of course we're going to keep doing it. He said, no, 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 no. Every podcast ends. We might come up with it. Are we still happy? Are we still doing this? So we've talked about on the show a little bit where we say, hey, we had a board meeting. And one of our topics was always, we good? We doing okay? How you doing? You seemed off tonight. Hey, you seemed a little beat down. Are you okay? Yeah, work's kicking my ass. Do you want to stop? Are we okay? No, 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 no. We'll keep going. We'll keep going. It was a constant conversation with Sean and I. And it wasn't like um, it was because somebody was falling off or there was a, there was tension or we were worried or whatever, but we were always checking and that was never off the table. Like this is a button we can push if we need to, right? When a motorcycle accident, do we need to stop? Are you okay? No, 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 no. I got to get through this. We'll be back. Are you sure? Because, dude, we could kill the show right now. Nope, 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 nope. Okay, cool. Let's just take our time. Ease into it, right? I had neck surgery. What are we going to do? We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We always talked about it, and it was never not on the table for us. And I think by having it out there, it was not a uh, forbidden topic. No pod fading. No, that was our biggest piece. No pod fade. Don't just disappear because that's dumb. In my opinion, our opinion, don't do that. Now that I, I'll i have a huge maggoty hole in my podcast library, do you guys have any podcast recommendations that you listen to, RPG-related or otherwise, tell Invictus? Oh, shit, man. Oof. Um, there's a, there's a lot. There's, there's a ton. I think one of the best places to go, and I shameless plug for our community on Discord, join the Discord tell Invictus and anybody else who's listening, join that Discord, if nothing else, just to ask what else people are listening to. Because there's a shit ton of good gamers that are like you, like us, that are going to give you some really good advice. I think that's a, I think that's a big, uh, that is one of the better places to go. Honestly. I'll put it out there because they're in the chat. Orcus Dorcas and Titterpigs. Um, you know, Craig Shipman, Third Floor Wars. Yes. You know, uh, Craig's been hugely supportive. Happy Jacks. Happy Jacks and Kimmy mm-hmm. and what she's doing. She's taking over from Stu. Um, <laughs> where would we be without misdirected Mark? Exactly. You know, and so, um, you know, w- what would a smart party do? And guys and Baz, like we've gotten support from all these other podcasters and they've got different formats and different approaches there's the, you know, Forrest, uh, Gary was on one that was, you know, the the um, Mutant Crawl Classics, MC, MCC podcast, uh, Glowburn, Spellburn. I mean, it depends on what you're looking fear, for. There's, fear the Boots out there. I mean, you know. Fear that, that the Boot has mentioned us and, and you know, they're Good folks. a beast. Yeah. I mean, there's. If you listen to if you listen to our our, our library, you're don't gonna... listen to Ken and Robin. <laughs> there, there you go. Not, Everybody but them. It's not really an RPG podcast, anyway. Um, point is, is if you if you've listened to us for years, 
there's or for at all at some point we've mentioned this then the other look through our show notes on online you're going to see us mentioning a lot of different places and people and things appendix n book club you know that's just there's a shit ton of good stuff freaking hoy yeah <clears throat> and that other freaking guy oh all those guys it's good jeff, stuff. jeff yeah jeff's amazing <laughs> those guys are awesome they're just all right todd crapper just created one yep criminy all right next up is it true that sean and brett are actually the same person Lum runner. No. Freaking lum runner. You've met us, you doofus. <laughs> He's local. That's freaking Wayne Humphrey, that guy. Joe Swick wants to know are there any of the motorcycle injuries still causing issues, Sean. Well, if you don't have a spleen, it it can cause issues down the road. So that's the status of my wife, Joe. But you know the deal. Yeah. Everything's fine. We're lucky to be alive. Do you guys ever make it to Duluth? My cousin graduated from Minnesota Duluth. I have n no motivation to be there. I think it's a fine city. I used to go to Duluth um, once or twice a year uh, to go see Kev Thulu up in that uh, kind of neck of the woods-ish. And um, a mutual friend of Kev Thulu and I, um, Mike, who was a buddy of ours, we used to go up there. We called it How Many Rocks. We would show up at his place and play board, excuse me, board games and stuff. It was great. Um, but I don't go up there often. But um, if I show up there, should I let you know? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I do, I do make my way there. If we keep asking questions, will the episode never end? And therefore, the podcast never end. Lux Strider. He's a <clears throat> member of one of the Forbidden Lands game group. This guy. It's He's a freaking know, Cubs fan, too. Well, I'll God tell you. Like, well, okay, first off, <laughs> he'll back anybody then. Um, but uh, Lux Strider, <laughs> yes, it's potential. If you keep asking questions, they may never end. I think he asked <clears throat> this question. That's a damn good question. How much sawdust can you add to oatmeal before people notice? Matty Q. Um, half Come a tablespoon. Given unlimited resources and time travel, who is your dream group to GM for? Celebs, musicians, artists, historical figures, regular old folks, anyone can be on the list. Michael Holland. You. I, I, you. Whoever this is, you. Michael. <laughs> Michael Holland. There you go. I honest, I think some of, I have been incredibly fortunate that the people I have, um, most of the people I've had campaigns with, like long-term games and so forth. I played a lot of, I played some long games with Sean and others. And I think I played with some amazing people. I do not have any celebrities, musicians, artists, historical figures, anybody like that that's interesting to me to RPG with. I want these people to be, <clears throat> to be friends of mine. I want these people to be people I can hang out with, enjoy, you know, being buddies with and so forth. I, I mean, the Streets of Avalon, La the podcast we did the first one that christine zach um ran for um posted while i ran that one and uh, for the for the week stuff that was awesome that was one of one of my favorite avalon games but i'll tell you i have i don't have anybody else other than that i want to keep playing with people i know and like and i want to meet more people that i know and like now if that helps don't, don't meet your heroes exactly sometimes sometimes not <laughs> Do you have any advice for people to, who have lost all of their friendships over the years, but who want to start making new friends as an adult? John. <laughs> John, you're, you are like... You're, you're a machine, John. Submitter number one, buddy. I'll tell you what, man. Dude, Honestly, start gaming online. Yeah. I, I really think I really think that's a big thing. If you're in the RPG community, game online, join a good community like the BS community hang out there and start gaming with these people because that's a really great place to make friends. 
Fila Good Lewis says every BSer because we all rock. There, enough said. Done Mike drop out, man. Sheet. So John asked this one. What's one question <laughs> you get asked a lot that you're tired of answering? That one. Next. What's a question you don't get asked very often but want to answer? I like that one, John. Good job. <laughs> Next. If you had a magic finger that could squirt out a liquid at your command, what would you want your finger to squirt out? Why would you think of liquid neutronium? I would not. It'd be single malt scotch whiskey. I would say beer or water uh, or whiskey. Single yeah. malt, single malt, man. That stuff's worth S a lot whatever. of money. Okay. What are some go. more difficult emotionally or physically things that seem hard to do, but you are worthwhile for people to do? John. Honestly, man, I think being creative, I think being in the RPG space is one of the best ways to be creative. There are so many avenues to the creation of it. To the creativity of it, excuse me. There is the the world building. There's character building. There's um, all of those pieces and parts that if people think it's hard. Oh, I could never game master. Oh, I could never play that game. Oh, that seems too hard. It's not. Do that thing. Get into RPGs. It's awesome. Let's see what else we got. Does anyone else feel like there's too many Discord servers to pay any meaningful attention to? <laughs> John, yes. Yes, there are. That's why the Gaming BS one stands above and all, all others. Have you, ever gathered collection, have you ever gathered or collected a modern appendix N of movies, books, comics, and so forth that are inspirational? I have. And um, they're on my bookshelf and in my movie collection and, and so forth. I have. A lot of uh, legacy stuff I like. Sean, same? Yes. I'm not a big Appendix N guy. So there, I can't read because I fall asleep. Which one would read a, <laughs> my wife has the same problem. Which one of you would win a rock, paper, scissors match? Which one would arm wrestling, staring contest, or thumb wars? I think Sean would beat me in thumb wars for sure. He's, he's quick. He's clever. Uh, rock, paper, scissors would um, end in just saying, fuck it. Let's have another beer. Arm wrestling. I think I got you, Sean. Oh, for sure. But my staring contest, I think Sean's got me. Because he'd get me, he'd make me laugh, and then I'd be done. That'd be the end of it. See, right now, he's <laughs> fucking got me right there. I'm done. You think we'll see another computer game with a level of simulation as Daggerfall Morrowind combined with some of the newer and beautiful level designs of King? I don't know fucking shit about computer games. John, no? Moving on. Perfect snack while gaming. What's, what's your favorite snack at the gaming table? If I were to say, hey, I'm bringing I'm, snacks, what do you want? Uh, I'm pretty open, actually. And I don't have a lot of things I would just... The fact that somebody would bring me snacks, I'd be like, cool, man. I don't have any, like, ooh. I'll tell you what, this is... I like a good veggie tray. I know that's weird, but oh, I do. Oh, good. Veggie trays are always good. don't fucking show up on my game tables that often, man. When I show up, I'm like, Victoria oh... Victoria Hole... Amen. <laughs> she puts out on a spread. I just, yeah, She's the best. It's, it's good stuff, man. It just yep. it, it, it throws me off like, oh, carrots. Well, hell yeah, I should probably eat that because <laughs> there's a lot of crap <laughs> on the table. It makes me feel okay. I eat three carrots and two sticks of celery and a chunk of broccoli. I feel okay that I ate like a half a bag of gummy bears. I feel better. Whatever my buddy Jeff's wife is putting out, done deal. Done and done. Is the sky blue, black, transparent, or purely conceptual? It's clearly conceptual, John. Is there anything you're good at that would surprise your longtime listeners? John, anything you're good or John's asking this. Sean, anything you're really good at that would surprise people? I'm not good at anything. What am I good well, at? Well, maybe some audio stuff, maybe. No, maybe. Dude, I don't know. That's even circums circumspect. No, you're actually pretty good at that. Yeah. I don't know. 
We're almost done. IT management, problem solving. Actually, I do, there you I do go. very well at that. Next. Is there anything- Brett does good project management, program management, leadership. I do. Thank you. Is there anything you're not proud of that you've done that's made you a better person, John? I mentioned this in the last uh, episode. Um, quite frankly, when I fucked up at... Um, at um, oh, shit. At the gaming convention I talked about. I can't remember the name of the gaming convention. Offhand. Anyway, I was there with Angela Murray and I talked about last episode. That's where I've, I'm not proud of, but it made me a better person because of it. Sean, anything? No. Um, not, not offhand. Okay. You prefer to read books or listen to the audiobook? I like oh, God. audiobook. Yeah, I like both. I like both. Audiobooks are great for uh, road trips, but other than that, I love to read. <laughs> What's the one book series you wish existed on an audiobook? Every RPG. <laughs> there you go. Insert RPGs. Yeah. Audiobooks. I don't have anything that I can't that I can't come up with here. Good God. Jesus Christ, John. Any small bands you think are great and deserve more attention would like to mention? No. <laughs> are there too many online platforms for people to try and find groups or too few? Seems like too many platforms, hard for individuals to pay attention. I think so. Well, the challenge is online. Uh, finding a good group to play with or do anything. It's just, there's a fuck ton of stuff out there. There really, really is. And that's why it's, when you're spreading things around, like gaming and BS, I'll, I'll just, you know, give us a pat on the back for a second here. When people would say, hey, I really like these guys. Oh, they're having fun. Oh, look, they're relating to the listeners. Or, hey, they've got this great community. They got forums. Oh, they moved over to Discord. Telling your friends about that stuff, when you're having a good experience, tell people about it. I think that's important. And, um, a lot of it is trial and error, and I think there is no one single there's no one single answer to it. But I think there is unfortunately a lot of trial and error. And one of the things we all need to remember is life is too fucking short to play games with people you can't stand, or hang out in communities that you don't like, or people don't treat you with respect, and so forth. If you don't like it there, you need to bail. If you're in a gaming community, you're like, wow, this is just not fun. Fuck them, leave, go find something else. I know it sucks. I think that's the right answer. How much money should a person realistically budget for conventions, travel, and hotels? Oh my God. Depends, <laughs> depends on, on depends on where the, con- the convention is. It depends on the shit. Con if itself. I was at home, I go to Game Hole Con, I budget, I don't know, 70 bucks for a badge and, <laughs> and gas. I don't know, gas to go across town. Yeah. What are some good ways to break the ice with strangers? I honestly um, don't know. Depends. Depends, John. It kind of does depend. I've been a recruiter for a few years. My icebreaker was always if you had to have, if you could have lunch with anybody that is alive, who would it be with and why? There you go, John. All right. I'm going to skip this one. I'm going to go to 118. Do you ever watch Babylon 5? Are you interested in potential reboot? I love that. Ba- I loved Babylon 5 up to the Did you really? up till the end of the Shadow War. I was watching that while huh. I was in college. I'm like, oh my God, it's amazing. After the Shadow War ended, I could give a shit about it. Um, that was really cool. I love the way the characters worked and so forth. It was a lot of fun, but I'm a reboot. So I, I am becoming, maybe this is because I'm getting older, but I'm getting anti reboots. I'm like, I have had it up to fucking here with, give me one more Batman origin story. I swear to God. Oh. Right. What's a good pace for convention gaming for a shy person? This is another John question. I think this is actually a good question, John. So a good pace for convention gaming for a shy person. One of the things I would do is 
if you're starting out at a con, play a game you know. And I say that because then um, a, a lot of times we'll tell people, hey, play games you don't know and so forth. But if you're thinking about this for me, I'm shy, I have a hard time, blah, blah, blah. If you take out the, um, the audible, that could sometimes be, I don't know the rules. Playing a game that you're very familiar with can be, can be a comfort piece you can lean into and so forth, and you already understand those things. So that would be a, um, uh, a good pace for me to advise to somebody. Try that first. Get your feet wet with it. Once you understand that and you get better at it, then you could advance, so to speak, to uh, gaming with people and systems that you're not familiar with. But if you're very shy, Wayne, it's a way to start. Clever name Wayne says, I found when you break ice with the back of a bar spoon while making an old-fashioned... You will make a friend. Yeah, you, me at least. <laughs> I love me a good old fashioned. Clever name, Wayne. <laughs> good pace for convention gaming for a mad lad who is also a dad of a four-year-old. Oh, my God, John. I'll tell you what. Convention gaming is an odd, is odd. My One of the things I would, I would encourage people to do is the first time you go to a gaming convention, you know, don't overload yourself. If you go to a gaming con for the first time or you want to try something out or you've got kids with you, I've seen that before where parents are like, hey, I got my kids. I want to kind of go around. Do not, for the love of God, do not overload yourself. I'm going to play 52 games today. For fuck's sake, man. Um, take your time. Relax. Try a couple games and ease into it. Right? That's a big, that's big to me. Jesus Christ, I'm almost done here. Um, <laughs> We're almost there. We leave We're the AMA there. up indefinitely and then do additional episodes where the questions reach a certain threshold? No. <laughs> do you think there's too much emphasis on high detail graphics and video games? John, Tabletop RPG podcast. <clears throat> Next. Next. Favorite spaceship design? Ah. Battlestar Galactica Viper. Ooh, that's classic. I, I like the I always like the Viper. The, I'll tell you what I love the snow speeder when I was a kid. That was my favorite. The snow speeder. The reason I love the snow speeder is because that was the only from sp- where Star Wars man Star Wars snow speeder really the Hawk battle. The reason I love that ah. one is because that was the only Star Wars spaceship toy I ever got as a kid. The snow speeder. really that was the one I had. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. because of that. That's my favorite. That's fantastic. Favorite video game. Um, I'll tell you what. Right. <laughs> I like the Darklands. This is ages back, PCs back in the like 32-bit graphics, maybe-ish. It was a sandbox medieval Dark Ages style Germany thing. We roamed around. Your whole concept was to gain glory, fame. You're supposed to become a famous adventurer. And you just roamed around and did whatever the fuck you wanted to do. It was wonderful. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Loved that game. Did you have a favorite video game, Sean? Oh, Quake 3, motherfucker. Quake 3. Ooh. This one is, comes from Unknown. This is the final one. I have a feeling that this is Sean's question. If you were to, if you were to keep the show and replace Sean, who would you replace him with? Unknown. Anonymous. It was submitted by Anonymous. That's a weird way to spell Sean. Um, <laughs> so, I, Sean and I have joked about this throughout the years, and I think... I would never have done this show if it wouldn't have been for Sean. Sean talked me into it and so forth. Um, yeah, there's no way. I nah. If I if I was gonna keep the show and replace, no, this isn't the same show then. I'm not doing it. I think if Sean and I were to say, Hey, I got an idea for a podcast, if I say, Hey, I have an idea, Sean's like, eh, not me. I said, Hey, 
Chris and I want to do that. He'd be like, oh, cool. Go do it with Sneezak. Go, go do that thing. Hey, Lumberman and I are going to do that. Okay, go, go play with Wayne. Go do that. No harm, no foul. Don't care. But uh, this show is Sean and Brett, and there's there's no replacing that to me. Love you, man. Whatever. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Any more? That dude, it? that is all the questions. We are way past time, but thank you, everybody, including John, for freaking cranking them out. Thank you for each and every submission. We appreciate it. I can't believe we got through all of them. Whew. So now's the part where we're going to talk about special thanks. And I think one of the things we should do is um, I want to thank my wife, Susan, and my kids. You guys put up with me, uh, not that they listen to me, but they put up with me for seven years doing this thing and all the stuff that went with it. The sidebars, the getting invited onto another show, or hey, could you do this? Could you do that? All this crazy ass podcast shit I've done has been, um, has, it, it's, it, it's a time sink, right? Not sink sounds horrible, but it's a time, it uses time. And time's a premium when you're older and you're a parent and you got a job and you got kids, you got stuff to do and so forth. The fact that my family allowed me to take the time to do this for seven years is, is pretty damn cool. And I would, uh, I'd be absolutely remiss not to thank my family for letting me do that. Yeah. I, uh, I've got a, a few things. Uh, I want to thank Dustin, Randy, Jeff, and Jobu. For not only getting me into RPGs, but being my big brothers all these years. I want to thank all the designers, publishers, creators, artists, because without them, your fantastic products, we'd have nothing to talk about. <laughs> we wouldn't even freaking be here. Very true. Right? Very true. Shit, very, very man. True. I want to thank all the members of the game groups I've ever been a part of. And I want to thank the community of BSers. Because without you, we would be talking to walls every week. Thank you for the patrons who decided to give us shekels, hard-earned dollars to help us. Everyone that has written or called in, you know who you are. I want to thank Brett for being my partner and friend. And then, of course, I want to thank my wife. Who supported me all these years? I tell you, man. I will. Um, there's a memory I have of the of the show that I I remember when, when. Hey, we're supposed to record. What's going on? This is weird. Where's Sean? So I text Sean, and Sean says, "I'm in the hospital." I'm like, "What?" I get a FaceTime from Sean, and motherfucker's laying in a he's like on a board. He's on a backboard, neck brace. He looks like shit. He's holding his phone up. And I'm like, holy shit, what happened? He says, well, we had a motorcycle accident. I got thrown. Tam's thrown, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, where's where's Tam? Is she okay? And Sean looks me in the eye and he says, I don't know. I'm like, holy fuck. Are you okay? And he said, I haven't. He said, you're the first guy I've called. I just wanted to let you know. I'm like, dude, you need to call your dad. You need to take care of everything. You're like, he's my next guy. I wanted to let you know that it's okay. You know, I can't do the show tonight. I'm like, well, no fucking shit. You can't do the show, dude. And that was one of those times when you you look back at something like, oh, my God, this is uh, I love this guy. He's awesome. 
And uh, I mean to get all emotional on you, man, but it's just that it was, that was terrifying, you know, for, for me and a lot of friends and family and stuff. And it was, it's great that you're still here, obviously, and get, getting through all that. But the, um, the, one of the coolest things that that showed me was once that happened outside of, you know, the fact that you're okay and Tam's okay and everything, but the, uh, the support and care that we got from the BSR community, people reaching out to me saying, I, I had people calling me and say, does Sean need money for medical expenses? I had people ask offering to, to, to wire me cash to give to Sean. And I'm like, I don't, you've never met Sean, but you're willing to do this. It's amazing. And the fact that we had all, all of these people in this community rallied around that incident when they didn't have to, nobody had to, we were just two fucking knucklehead podcasters, man. And no one had to care about us. It was awesome. And I've, I've never seen that go away from the community. It was amazing. And I guess, um, kind of wrap up the, the thanks piece on my side. I, I'm just, I'm, I, I cannot, I literally cannot express how grateful I am to all the BSers and how awesome you all have been through these last seven years. Just the, the support. Yeah, the support and love that you guys have shown Sean and I has been phenomenal. Um, we've had um, tough times when it comes to like stuff like that, which still tears me up, obviously. And um, there's been some great times, and it was just amazing that anybody cared, right? Because you you, you didn't know us. You met us once at a con. We're just two yokels, and it was uh, it was awesome. And it's never stopped. And from the beginning, people said things and everybody cashed in on their, their promises of like just awesomeness and just being really good people. So thank you guys, men, women, he, she, they, everybody out there. Love you guys. This was, this has been awesome. And uh, I seriously can't thank you enough. Thank you. All right, man. Should we get into die roll? Yeah, let's do die roll. What else we got here? Die roll. Let's go into die roll. It's the fucking last. Last bit. Roll them segment. dice, brother. Die roll, two to four miscellaneous points of game and a geekery we want to share with you. I don't have, we're not going to put up this freaking web bullshit here. <laughs> so I think for die roll, it's only apropos that we mentioned to you where you can find us. Yeah. Because where else are you going to go? You can find promos and links to all the new Kickstarters and things of that nature. So I will start off with, you can follow me on Twitter. If you're not already, it's Sean P. Kelly. And if you don't know how to spell my name, well, what the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> Shit, it's been seven years, goddammit. And don't forget the second E in what, Kelly. Otherwise, I'm starting up GM Mastermind. So it's a different podcast. It's got a different panel of people that rotate episode to episode. And it's for game masters to hone their craft. And so, you know, you never know. Who might show up on that damn show? Like some freaking goofball and I, the name of Brett might be on there at some point. Might happen. Could happen. But uh, but that's, uh, I think, where you, those are the two main points that you can you can find me. Brett? Yeah, for me on Twitter, I'm Fofford881. So I'm out there. Um, the Discord community, I'm doing my, uh, I've, uh, <laughs> I said this before, is I had a hard time with Discord at the beginning, and I'm getting better at it. And that's just as silly as finding out where everything is. And so on and so forth. Um, I'm on Facebook still. You can find me hanging out there, but um, Twitter and the Gaming BS community is are the two best places to find me. Um, 
And then from there, I th- I'm going to be following Sean around. If you post something out to Gaming BS, you tag one of us. We're going to see it. We follow each other back and forth. And uh, yeah, if there's anything new going down, we're going to be mentioning it out in the uh, in the in our Discord. It'll be a good place. Sean does have emails for any, for folks. You know, if we do something different, whatever, we promised you we're not going to like flood you with spam type of thing. But if one of us has a cool project or something we want to try, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're gonna pass. We're gonna pass that out uh, through our different channels there. So we know you guys don't like just being hammered with garbage. So if we think it's meaningful, we'll hit you with it. But otherwise, that's about it, man. Anything else? No. Are we good, man. All done. We're good. So, on behalf of Gaming and BS, I'm Sean, and I'm Brett. Good night and good game and all. All right, dude, we're clear. This episode of Gaming NBS produced with help from the following friends. Joe Swick, Tony Sugarloaf Baker, Eric Jeppesen, Andy Hall, Chris Steele, Remy Bilodeau, Mark Tasaka, Merkel Froelich, Pure Mongrel, Brett Pazinski, Brandon Barnes, Eileen Barnes, Dan LaValley, C.W. Mellencamp, Victor Wyatt, Craig Huber, Roger Braslett, Jared Rasher, Finolf, Ray Otis, Jim Fitzpatrick, Old Scouser Roleplaying, Ron Blessing, Curtis Takahashi, Ron Bishop, Mark Richman, Chad Gleyman, Craig, Corey Welch, Angus, Eric Salzweedle, Robert Nemeth, Brian Kurtz, Laramie Wall, Jeff Seifert, Corey Gonzalez, Niall Diamond, Aaron Relia, Jeff Goad, Rich Wishon, David F. Baylog, Harrigan, Melissa Bashinsky, HN, Colcago, Eric Tavola, Hoos Carl, Yorkus Rex, Ghost GM, Mike Hess Jr., Rory Weston, Jim Ingram, Eric Frankhouse Presents, Phil McClory, Adam Grotejohn, Jay Plata, Ed Nyes, The Duke in Purple, Isaiah Aries Christian, Larry Hollis, Todd Sharp, Orcus Dorcas, Chris Shorb, Michael O'Holland, Wayne Peacock, Kevin Keneally, Zagrave, Vornak, Farty McButterpants, Craig Chunglo, Eric Lunsford, Feeling Good Lewis, Ziga Paradzik, Nick Westbrook, John Mahoney, Zalea, Zwiefer, Hypnocode, Kelly K. Ness, Tim DeShane, Jerry Garcia, and Jason Weitzel, and many, many more. Thank you for supporting the show after all these years. Brett and I are truly blessed. Thanks for being a part of it. Keep in touch. And remember, be a positive force in the tabletop RPG hobby. 
This has been a Litterbox Studio production. This is Joe Swick, and you're listening to Gaming and BS, episode 400. 400 episodes? Congrats, guys. Sean, hit that music. I watched a snail crawl along the edge of a straight razor. That's my game. That's my nightmare. Rolling, slithering along the edge of a straight razor and surviving. Welcome to Gaming and BS, episode 397. Lead us out, Ray. Happy trails to you until you podcast again. Happy trails to you. Keep smiling until then. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just roll some dice and think about sunny weather. Happy trails to you. Until we meet again.